Blog Talk Radio. This is where we tell our stories our way in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, we do a variety of different shows here. And my co-host, Miss Sherry Lasky, how are we doing there, lady? Doing fine, Bobby. How you doing? And how was your day? Oh, God, you know I was out in the yard trying to get my you garden were, together. I know you were in that garden. Trying to get my garden, sun huh? in, trying yeah. to get my vitamin D on the cheeks. So, yeah. what's, what's growing real good, real good for you? Well, I have some mustards in the front yard that's still struggling, trying to do their thing. But uh, some mustard greens, thing, yeah, that's the only thing oh, that's still holding on. Okay. Everything else is pretty dormant. No, you be in that garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I have going on. Most and of I'm the day, just, for most of the day, then I'm trying to get ready for um yours to grow class that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us about it. Month. It's it's a learning how to grow in your own space in your own backyard using the space that you have and using like real sustainable type of growing techniques without having to heal anything up, you know, all that extra, using different planting methods, three sisters, you, and, you know, just simple stuff so people can get a good something to grow in their yard without having to um, go all out of the way. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, uh, we went over to our garden earlier today, uh-huh. you know, our community garden. Yeah. We yeah. cleared off all the land and we just kind of looked at it and the earl is just... Oh, he's chomping at the bit. Chomping at oh, ready like to go. He's to, an artist. Yeah, to grow all of that food and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. We've been getting assistance from uh, 100 black men. Good. They've been bringing good. the boys and kids yeah, over there tilling the ground right. and doing all that kind of off. stuff. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of good stuff going on. That's good. Because yeah. Mr. Stripling, he's been, I mean, he's really technical. His oh, stuff looks all nice and neat you, and clean. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wow. When they were tilling that ground and he saw that black dirt, his yeah. mouth was watering. Yeah. He was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Look yeah. what's getting ready to happen. Right. So right. we got a lot of things going on in the community. Uh, I think they got a display right down there on the corner of... Uh, Pine and Greenwood. Yes, yeah. that was um, mm-hmm. Christmas tree lights they put up. Over yeah, the lights and stuff like that. So right there Mo- at Moton, Moton the old Hospital. Moton. Yeah, the, the, a, lot of, a lot is in the making for mm-hmm. that space here in the next year. Yeah. So, so that's mm-hmm. the beginning of it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, hey, right at Moton? Yes. I was it's, born there. It's been, I mean, it's been for Born at that old hospital there. My yeah. my mother worked there for 30 years. Right. In the right. x-ray department. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it it employed a lot of people from the community. It did. And, you know, served a purpose. Yeah, it did. And, and now we're just they need to, something else. We need to find some funding and monies to renovate it. Well, it's. And bring it back the, to, bring it somebody's you know it's an, well i know i've heard yeah, several yeah. projects and people talking about it and, what we know so, yeah yeah i, I mean, know a couple of people who kind of want to 
keep it on the low low because yeah. you know how you do some things and people swoop in and yeah, they do. throw rocks at you, put, mm-hmm. put roadblocks in the way. So All yeah, it's that been a little stuff. been a little challenging. And mm-hmm. then today we heard we're gonna get six hundred dollars. Something like that, huh? Yeah. Probably have to pay taxes on it. So yeah, you might probably three hundred dollars. You might you know get two. You never know. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, Great. all these corporations getting all this money, mm-hmm. all the food that's going to mm-hmm. the food banks, you know, mm-hmm. that's paid for by the government, but right. they won't give you the money to spend it how you want to do it. Right. So it's straight game. Yeah, I want to also send a late belated birthday shout out to Ramal. His birthday was yesterday. Oh yeah. But boy, Ramal, he's been doing it. Ramal, the hometown heat. Yeah. You know, he's been he's been doing it, and um, you know, it's been part of our KBOB yeah. family over here. He's been doing a lot of work out in the community too. Tons of work. Care. That's what he does. You know, he just work, 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 work. I saw Kamali and mm-hmm. um, Charles. Mm-hmm. They were on OETA yesterday and Saturday. Yeah, they're doing and a Ramal lot. Ramal was there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I, I think. Ramal in that show. Too. You may have seen him. Yeah. You know, because he's he's Cause he everywhere over there too. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's a good thing when you see him. You know, when you see him, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. I didn't know he was in the military. Oh yeah, Ramal was a veteran. I didn't. He, he, he Ramal he served in the Iraq. I know. War. That's what I was like. What? Over in Iraq. You just got a card. Mm-hmm. So I was just you like, know, I was kind of surprised. I was over there when he was over there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a long, you know. But yeah. you were doing contract work. Oh, yeah. I was he trying was to get the like paper. Real, he was real you military. Know, I was getting the paper. Wow. You know, so that's where that was going back yeah. then. He was doing, you know, but we were there on the on the base subject uh-huh. to some of the things. Same kind of things. On, they were just going out in the war. Yeah. Shoot, they were actually doing it. So. Ooh, hmm Mm-hmm. That's that's more than. But we got a great show today, though. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of guests here. Uh, Black okay. Wall Street chefs, you know what I mean? Oh. And uh, they call themselves the Black Wall Street oh. chefs. I'm like, ooh, isn't mm-hmm. it? Knock right. me down, you know, with that one, you know. So that's a great thing. And uh, we're going to be talking about them, you know, in just a minute. Okay. So we want you, all of our listeners out here in the world, wherever you're at, you can dial a number now. I'm gonna give a number again. It is 646-716-5525, and press the one button if you want to talk on the air. Yeah, so we're going to take a little pause. What they say? Pause for the calls. I'm going to pay a couple of bills. You know what I mean? And we'll be right back, okay? P&J Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release, The Entrepreneurial Woman. The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash B slash N B capital A capital C. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with PNJ Publishing. What's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson, and you listen to K-Bob, 89.9 FM, Bobby Eaton Show. Hey, it's Alfre Woodard. When I'm in Tulsa, I keep it on K-Bob. 
That's how I find out what's really happening. KBOB 89.9 FM. Hey, it's Alfred Woodard. When I'm in Tulsa, I keep it on KBOB. That's how I find out what's really happening. KBOB 89.9 FM. How to order chicken wings. Number one, find a good wing spot. I know a wing spot. Max Wings. Number two, decide if you want a combo or if you want to order a la carte. Huh? What's that? Well, combos come with chicken, veggie sticks, fries, and a drink for a discounted price. A la carte means that you order each item separately. Ah... Okay. Three, decide if you want bone-in, boneless, or cauliflower wings. And then determine the delicious flavor you want on your wings. I didn't even know cauliflower had wings. You learn something new every day. Have you been to Max Wings? Yep, yep, Max yep. Wings is located at 782 East Pine Street in Tulsa. We're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and on Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Come to Max Wings, home of the dry rub fry. <laughs> Some of y'all wasn't even born when that came out. All right. Curtis Mayfield here on the Bobby Eaton Show, KBOB 89.9 FM. And that's what's going on right there in the studio. Kelly, Chris, how we doing, man? Let me see. Let me get closer to that microphone right there. Yeah. How's that? There we go. There we go. Somebody turned it down. Yeah, how we doing, man? Great, great. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. Welcome to the show. Man, thank you for having us here. Yeah, thank man. you so much. You Black are... Wall Street chefs. Yes, sir. Hey, tell us a little bit about who you got with you right here, because you brought some friends. Yes, sir. I who brought, you got? I got, a, uh, I got an all-star right here. Oh, look out now. We got we got the Caribbean lockdown right here. We've got a chef right here from Jamaica. We got oh, Chef Terry Ann Latouche. Terry Ann. Hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm fine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great. With a last name like Latouche. 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 Hey, that sounds fancy to me. Okay, yeah. 
Then the next chef, we got a guy coming from the Virgin Islands. This is Raekwon, the chef, Chef Raekwon Bennett. Hey, Raekwon, how you doing, man? Hey, man, nice to see you, man. You've been here before. Oh, yeah. You know how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. Welcome to the show. And how did you guys get together? How did this come about? Actually, these are ex-students of mine. I used to teach at Platt College. Oh, so you and, taught it, and they went to school there? And they graduated, and they've gone on, and now they are doing huge things in Tulsa. Big time, huh? Yes, sir. All right, right. Kelly, are you, where, are you, where are you from? You from Tulsa? Born and raised right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Still live on Reservoir Hill. Oh, up on the hill, Yes, huh? sir. Yes, I, sir. I used to play up on that hill when I was a kid. Yeah, there's a lot of I people know. that used to play up on that hill, especially yeah. around the outside of the tower oh, up yeah, there right. at nighttime. <laughs> the tower. Oh, you know about the tower, huh? Yeah, that's, that's oh, Blueberry take, Hill. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we take the girls up there, you know. You know how much money I used to find on the streets walking around there when I was a kid? Did you? <laughs> I guess some of those women right up there on, yeah, were right. voluntary. Right. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, so many memories back in the day. That's what they used to Still there, around. man. There's still, still people up there that I've, I've grown up with. The Goodwin family is still up there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, the Cook family, Del Apollo, who's mm-hmm. a martial artist mm-hmm. from Tulsa, his family is still up mm-hmm. there. I remember the Batsons used to be up there too, didn't a they? A long time ago. long time ago. And some other people, uh, Earl White and them. Earl and White lived right behind my dad's house. Yeah. I actually pulled his cable out when I was a bad kid. One time. Okay. Uh, his house is gone now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's gone and stuff I, like that. But Earl White, yeah. Yeah, Earl. Reservoir Hill. Yes, sir. Born and raised here in Tulsa. Yes, sir. What schools did you attend? I went to Burroughs Elementary. John Burroughs. Madison Middle School. Okay. And then I went to Central, but I graduated from Cash Hall. Okay. Oh, Why did you end up out of Cash Hall? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame the Goodwin family on that. Uh, the two, the the two youngest good ones, Jeannie Goodwin and Joey. Yep. Uh-huh. They, they convinced my dad somehow to get me there, but I'm not mad at them. For okay. it. it was actually okay. a good transition. Transition. I've got some cousins that I met from Casha. You wouldn't believe, you know. I I didn't know there were that many blacks that went to Casha, but, you know, we've got more now. So mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. I, I've known a few who went to Casha. Miss Latouche. Yeah. Where are you from? You said you were... I'm from Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston, okay. Jamaica. And how did you end up in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah. Well, actually, I ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma mm-hmm. because my brother um, owned the Hibiscus from Peoria. Oh, oh, your brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He owned Hibiscus, huh? Mm-hmm. But he brought you up to cook. Yeah. Okay. See how brothers be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, girl. Okay, hi. So you came up here. He sent for you to come. Yes. Wow. And you went. When you got here, you went to work. Yeah. So how do you like it so far? I love it. You love it? Yeah. You love it. Where are you cooking at right now? At a hospital. At a hospital? Uh-huh. Oh, you making all the good food for everybody, huh? She, she's the executive chef. She's being a little uh, humble. Uh, oh, executive she? chef she with hospital. Uh, South Press. <laughs> Because they only want to have, you know. Look, I'm a nurse. I know where the good food yeah. is, and I would be uh-huh. like, um, look, now. Once a month, Jamaica Day, that jerk chicken that oh, they do wow. with hers. That's so, mm-hmm. and see, if you do Jamaican jerk chicken, mm-hmm. you also have it for the people to go through the regular kitchen to get, right? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So, wow. I know who the good cooks are in the hospital, feel the run through. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't season oh. a hospital food, can you? You can't add a lot. You can. Uh, can you? Can. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you have to use it in moderation. In moderation? Yeah. Different seasoning? Yes. Okay. Low salt. Low salt, things like that. Mm -hmm. For diabetics and people with conditions and things. I'm just sitting over here blown away Mm because... When, I remember when South Press first opened, that was one of their things, you uh-huh. know, having that that executive feel when you go into their hospital and whatnot. So I remember you, you, they'd have the china, everything. You would not eat on the plastic plates that they yeah, had. but with through. COVID. Yeah, it's a different yeah. story. That, you know, yeah, 2020 is different, you know. Yeah. All that's different. But before, yeah, that was one of the things that, mm-hmm. especially on the med surge floors, and they have a very – the bariatric floor. That's the that's the trip part. Mm. Well, they do it at um Bailey. Okay, they do it at the Bailey Hospital. Because mm-hmm. I remember back in the day they used to do that little the little guy that drove the red Ferrari that did all the bariat- bariatric surgeries mm-hmm. there at Southcrest. He's probably in Bailey. Yes, he is. Short. Yeah, there we go. Because when I say he was girl <laughs> on it, just <laughs> it was just like a roller coaster how he would do it, but. So you don't, they don't have that there anymore. So you just yeah. do with the regular patients. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Wow. Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. Was, I remember, I went to, I went to Kingston, but it's been years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really nice. What's it like now? Well, I, heard, I haven't I, been there in, I think, 13 years. Oh, you haven't been there in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard things have changed. It's not the yeah. same anymore. Yeah. My mom and my brother go there all the time because they live in Miami, Florida. So that's like 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they're always. Always yeah. back and forth and yeah. going and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, moving on to the man. What's up, man? Laquan, how you doing? I'm good, man. You know, yeah, a little banged up. But, yeah, a little know, banged up. Little... I see you got tape around your hand and stuff. <laughs> what happened with that, man? I had a little freak accident at work on a busy Friday night, man. Okay, a little freak accident. Yeah, get him. Tell that to our audience where you're from, man. I'm from St. Croix, man. St. Croix, Virgin Islands. Born and raised on the east side at State St. John's with my grandma and my mom. How long have you been here? Oh, man, too long. I've been here at least, I want to say, going on 11 years now. 11 years. Wow, how you like Tulsa? Uh, man, I could dig it, man. The city is, it, it's been good to me so far. Has it? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it. you can't, I can't complain. I mean, um, I went to school here, did, a, you know, well, I went to culinary school here. And I worked here most of my career, been in Tulsa, Oklahoma and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during COVID, I could say, like, whenever, you know, things was looking a little, you know, iffy and stuff, I mean, People at Tulsa kind of helped me afloat till I could uh, get my new, you know, mm-hmm. get on the ground again. Yeah, you guys are building reputations around here in Tulsa as being exotic chefs, and people are kind of knowing who you are that you may not even know them, but they know of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you feel, man, being able to – are you creative in your makeup of your meals and things, or do you just kind of stick to a certain plan and maybe just flop it? You know, I don't I don't know. I'm just asking. Uh me, well, I personally, um, anybody who know me or work with me know that, like, I don't really stick to much plans the majority of the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just be, you know, hoping, I prepare for the worst, you know, I hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And I always have good intentions. I come into this situation with common sense, but 
I always keep everything kind of fluid mm-hmm. and open-minded. So do, do you just create? You Sometimes just create, I create. Hey, man, I'm going to put this with that, and I'm going to put this with this, and I'm going to make this meal, and I'm going to call it boom. Well, yeah, but I can't say that in front of the people in, with the money, though. <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? That. Explain yourself. Like, basically, like, it'll be moments where, like, okay, come up with a dish. We get everything lined up, and then all of a sudden I realized, like, I just tasted something, like, from the other end of the kitchen, and I'm like, oh, what would that look, taste like on this pork? And without telling, consulting anybody, I just, like, put the plate together and just add that component in there, let it go straight through the window and feel great about it before you know it. That's the dish now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About two minutes prior to it, even going out to the first customer, the dish literally got changed completely. Mm-hmm. So do you let you let the customer make the decision about how well it is? Or is no, sometimes. Is that you? It, it depends, though. Like, when you're in fine dining establishments, you got to trust your chef. you got to yeah. trust that because these guys, they're not, like, experimenting with you, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like they like actually invest the time. They actually invest, you know, the creativity. These people make research. Some chefs don't even sleep. They be in, like, cookbooks and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, trying to find the, you know, the you're, perfect. You're not in the cookbook, huh? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mix in between, you know, whatever catch my interest, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because um, history is important to me. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where it really where it comes down to, like, I do look at, I look at everything, even, like, through, like, social media. I look at, I keep up with the new trends. I look at that. But I always pay homage to, like, what came before me and the history that comes. So I'm always constantly doing research on, like, you know, stuff that occurred in the past when it comes to culinary. Mm-hmm. So when you – okay, because I'm trying to vision this in my head. So you're working at a, at a restaurant, and, you know, they, they have an order, and they place an order, or, you know, it's like, okay – just create something for me? How does that work? Oh, so you're talking about like a, a customer order something from like on a menu? Yeah, on a menu or oh, then you come back so, and tweak it. No, know? not necessarily that way. You know, like it'll be more like, okay, most menus nowadays, they're like vague. They're not super descriptive anymore. You okay. know what I mean? So it kind of okay. leaves so much room for a lot of things. Right. So, like, okay, for example, we have a, at a restaurant where we have a cassoulet dish, right? Vegetarian dish. It's basically like a, a stewed bean dish mm-hmm. with root vegetable. Okay. The thing about it is, like, root vegetable, you don't know what you're going to get unless you ask. Versus, oh, like, a okay. surprise. Okay. So, like, it could be carrot puree or it could be a white okay. bean truffled, yeah. you know, oh. puree with mushrooms, you yeah. know, so you never know. Okay. Okay. You know, not to surprise you, but, you know, it's just to keep it nice and loose it, so it kind of gives you room for that much creativity, gotcha. if that makes sense. Well, gotcha. and that, that leads that leads to a lot of chefs that use season seasons to help their menu. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm going to do when the gastronom gets fully up and running is we're going to use the local farmers. We're going Farm to use... the table. That's what I was getting to. to. We have to. Because you mentioned cultural. Well, the community garden. The community garden, that too. I but... remember the show and Mr. Eaton talking about the community garden a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, we'll either rent you some spot there or we'll sell. Yeah, right. So 
My thing is when a gastronome gets going, either the gastronome needs to get a nice little size plot and put down ours, or, or the gastronome needs to build a relationship with them. the community garden right. because we're right. going to be on Greenwood. Right. The Black Wall Street chef's right. name for your show wasn't a, a fluke. Right. You know. Right. So, you know, my thing is you have seasonality. We're going into we're in winter now, so we can't get a lot of things that you want in the summertime. If of you're going to get not. tomatoes and you no. want tomatoes right now, you're not going to get the freshest tomatoes unless get, they're in a hoop house okay. and they're getting gassed. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they're right. nitrogen gassed so that they some, can ripen. But there's some people that can grow them. And you'd be surprised of the flavor too. Well, exactly. Farmers. Well, so yeah. Well, and then exactly, and that's what I'm saying. If you have these farmers that can do that locally, Mm -hmm. then that's what you want to utilize. Right. Right. Because they're taking that time to do it in an off season, so we might as well support them. We have to. Right. And what you're talking about is what we call farm to table. Absolutely. And it's seasonally grown, Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're going to get some peaches in the middle of December because those aren't seasonal and that's one of the things when we talk about food people are always like well how come you don't have any bananas for number one bananas don't even grow in Oklahoma let's start there okay so those type of things and like your your greens your seasonal greens and then when we start talking about culturally appropriate foods those foods like you know okra black eyed peas purple whole peas those those foods and how you prepare those in such a way on a fine dining level that kicks it up to another group of people that you know kind of your gas your gastronomic folks you know well so. and, that's, and that's another thing when you have that local time and you mm-hmm. have that seasonal time right mm-hmm. then you've got to make sure that when those tomatoes are ready you right. s- jar those tomatoes can those mm-hmm. so that you can you know yeah. that's why gr- pickled green Tomatoes and yeah. you know the pickled green relish. There used to be a restaurant, a yeah. rel- restaurant on Sheridan back in the day, uh-huh. and they right. had a little pickled green relish. Yeah, and I show missed that catfish restaurant on Sheridan. Wow. <laughs> it was good, but yeah. you're, right. you're right, and that's what that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if that means going through farmers, then that's what we're going to do. But right. we're wanting to give Tulsa the freshest, the best, you know, right. because we can now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's right. all. What what has been global is becoming local. Right. And that's that's a thing because people are starting to realize like you order something like your tomatoes or whatever, Cisco and ugh, I just hate to even say the name. I understand. So your stuff is coming from California, Florida, been sitting on the truck for ninety days. You don't know. So it's not going to have that flavor that it had. If the nutrients it, are not there. Well, it's definitely not nutrient dense. Oh, just, no. like, we just don't get it. Harry can get it to the market. Get it to market. And you work in a mm-hmm. hospital, right. so you know everything is coming from Cisco, yeah. and you're trying to struggle to get something yeah. fresh and new. And that's where what you're talking about, what what um you guys are talking about. But that's just small. It needs to be grown out to be bigger so you can supply a hospital or a nursing home. Yeah, you need big so you can applications do to do stuff. Like that. Right. You but know. people are doing it all over yeah. the country. That's the thing. And we in live in a place cities. where, yeah, mm-hmm. other places. I mean, Growing Power in Milwaukee was mm-hmm. one of them that was really big. In Chicago, they have a lot of local farmers within the city limits, mm-hmm. that right. kind of thing. So it's building those relationships 
with those growers and those communities. Yeah. And we're just a little slow behind. Yeah, we are. We're real slow, but mm-hmm. we have we, we We can get there. Yeah. You know, we can Absolutely. get there. We just need to Absolutely. deal with um, it. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, people just need to be motivated. They'll see something that, you know, feel like there is part of them. I'm pretty sure they'll, you know. They just need to be educated. Yeah. yeah. You know, the uh, more education that takes place out here in the community and the more people know I didn't know nothing about farming and planting stuff, and, mm-hmm. but now I'm learning. Yeah. I'm hearing all these. I'm talking to these farmers, and I'm talking to people like Sherry and other people, the Earl Stripling them, and I'm learning. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know it go down like that. All I remember is when I was a little boy, Grandma was talking about go out there and get a couple of tomatoes, you know, <laughs> go pick some of this, and we just go out there and pick it. And, you right. know, that's what well, see, it was. And that was because of that tradition and that 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 kept heritage in your mm-hmm. family you know mm-hmm. nowadays we got families that both fam- both parents work so right. they can't yeah. do it yeah however true. it's sad though because they could you they know could, they're, 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 they wanted to and we do what we want to do it, and it's almost mm-hmm. like you you know what is it that the covid vaccine is out now and and you've got the african-american community is one of the biggest communities that doesn't want to take the vaccine mm-hmm. however do we have to almost fear the black community to, to let them see that most of these vegetables and fruits that they are buying from their local grocery store are right. about as nutrient mm-hmm. yes. as no nothing. nutritional value. You might as well eat iceberg lettuce all your life right. you know, exactly. and, and, and roll with nothing it. fresh. And, and that comes from, like you said, educating people about food and nutrition, number one. Right. So a lot of, even though you're buying food from Walmart and it's on the shelf and it's bright and pretty and everything, but it, it's, good. it's it doesn't have the mm-hmm. nutrition that, mm-hmm. you know, something grown locally. Uh, right. See, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I understand educating people about these things, but, you know, when you go up to, like, kind of a poor family and try to tell them, hey, yep. plant your own vegetables, you know what I mean? It, cause yeah, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from. With yeah. that, you know, them not that's not a priority to them. You know, because they don't, they ain't thinking, yeah, right, in survival mode, yeah. Yeah, I spent a lot of time, like, especially over COVID and stuff like that, I got the chance to spend a lot of time with these people, I'll be like, you know, especially over some time, like, I'm like, wait, you know, you don't have to spend money on on bell peppers, you don't got, and these things take 90 days to grow, I knew, like, you know, first thing. 90 days, but then, like, you know, they're really looking at it like, no, I'm hungry now. Like, well, right. now. You yeah. know, I can't wait 90 days. Then, like, you know, when you're in that survival uh, mode mindset, yeah. it just cuts off yeah. patience. Yeah. So it's like being able to, like, seeing, like, a group like us, being able to ease people into that mm-hmm. mindset, like, by baby steps, by going, like, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, we could, like, um, make this happen for ourselves. Oh, wait. So you can just grow it, you know, right. like, so it's just, you, you gotta, so you like, just grow that. Like, you gotta work plant, them into that. Like, basically, you gotta plant your garden the, the year before, you know right. what I mean? So right. it's like, mm-hmm. to get into that mindset to want to be healthy, it's like, right. you gotta do that, the baby steps, because, like, I know so many people who want to go to the gym, they don't do it. Yeah. You know? Right. But what, like the operative word you said, when people are on struggle mode, when mm-hmm. you are on that close to the edge, you could care less about a fresh tomato or anything for that matter. That's why when you go into when you go into a store and you see a mother trying to feed her baby out of Dollar Tree, yeah. Yeah. it's a disconnect. You yeah, you're not yeah. even you're not even you're not even thinking about anything healthy. Well, I just gotta get all. these I mean, mouth fed yep. and get keep it moving. So as a result of that, that's why we that's why we have what we have. Yeah, yeah. Being a cook, most of us yeah. eat, well, 
what? Just caffeine, nicotine, <laughs> and literally whatever right. costs under a dollar fifty that right. you right. for that five dollars you about to spend. Right. You know, because you know you only got thirty dollars you could spend on yourself. Don't forget yeah. the liquid diet. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, no, I got liquid. some beer, man. It's got oh, yeast yeah, in it. Right. It's like bread. See, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I couldn't even afford that luxury. And it was like I need a caffeine because I was going to school. I have to stay up through work. You know, I couldn't yeah. even afford the liquid diet. Like, my liquid diet was watered. You know, that was free. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, tap. But yeah. like I'm saying, like, that puts you in your survival mode. Man. That's you, right, you survival work. mode. Well, look here. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, you know, I, we got people calling. Let's see what we got right here. Okay. Area code 918-645. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello? Hey. How you doing, Brother Bobby? Uh, hey, doing pretty good. You, uh, You're on the Bobby Eden Show. What's going on with you? Well, I just want to say thank you for, uh, you know, bringing people that are doing things in our community to the show. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, Gastronom is in the works and uh, happen to have a, a strong tie to um, Brother Kelly there, uh, one of those cash hall ties. And, uh, and what I wanted to ask him, or the chefs, is um, – what in your in your time being back here in Tulsa, Kelly, and and your time here in, in Tulsa with the other chefs, what what kind of feel uh, local taste um, palate do you do you find this part of the country having that maybe that you can leverage your your experience and recipes from the other parts of the country that uh, or in the world uh, that you plan to bring and meet the palate here? Is there anything special there? Well, uh. The voice sounds familiar, so uh, I think I know who this is. Um, uh, well, well, that's why we have chefs here from the Caribbean. You know, what my thing is with the gastronome, my whole focus of the gastronome is I want to bring anything that comes from Africa to Tulsa and in between. I want to be able to represent that. However, we're going to go outside that scope. We want to bring the world here. But what my focus is initially with this gastronome is to bring in minority chefs because I want to bring a focus to Tulsa. I want to bring a focus mainly back to Black Wall Street and to Greenwood. Um, the gastronome will be future will be focused right there at Greenwood. So we'll have a unique uh, spot to do things. Um, so we're going to bring you know, we've got chefs from Puerto Rico that are on board right now. I've got a chef from Iraq that's that's on board. I've got um, chefs from Venezuela. I've got chefs from El Salvador. I've got chefs from Mexico that are on board. You got chefs from everywhere. Huh? I'm, I'm, my whole goal with this gastronome, and I know it sounds kind of corny, but I was telling my daughter this, and she was like, you know, Daddy, as corny as it is, it's actually kind of dope. <laughs> but I told her, I said, we're going to be the Avengers of chefs. We're going to tell our own stories. And we're going to tell our own stories. And that's one thing that Terry Ann has really, really brought to the table and really made me think about it is because we all have our background. She's from Jamaica. There's more to Jamaica than just jerk chicken. chicken. You know what I mean? There's there's more to it than that. Even though that's the popular dish, let them, let's introduce them to some of this other stuff. You know, let's, let's, you know, let's bring in food that people might be afraid of but let's also, again, it's like being a, a farmer. Let's educate them. Right. You know, because my thing is when we start the gastronome for, for next year for the twenty for the 100th anniversary of the Black Wall Street Massacre, my thing is, is I want to research. I'm, I'm going to go down to uh, the Greenwood Chamber and see how many restaurants were on Black Wall Street before the oh, massacre. Wow. Then I want to see how many menus 
are available to those restaurants. And then I want to bring a challenge of replicating some of the food that was here on Black Wall Street. Some mm-hmm. of that stuff we don't remember that we or we remember but we don't get. You know, wow. we didn't have chicken and waffles back mm-hmm. on Black Wall Street. Mm-mm. But I bet you we had somebody that was serving hog malls and collard greens and neck bones. Oh, you know them That's collard greens was down there. <laughs> no. Yeah. I know <laughs> neck bones. You know them some... neck bones and them oxtails and all that was down <laughs> there. Talk about an oxtail. Now, we got that. Oh, you the oxtail queen? Yeah. We, we got that. Uh-oh, We're going to never told me that. I'm now. telling you. Hey. If I haven't covered all the bases, I guarantee you I'm rounding home to home. So, so when we talk about Caribbean food, Okay, we live in Oklahoma. We all about beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is beef country. Is another Caribbean cuisine, and people a lot of we just don't do that in Oklahoma. Granted, we have goats. You got Langston down the road with, but <laughs> having somebody that knows how to cook it, right? That that's, is that's it. That is the key. And then that is the key. You have Raekwon with the um oh, the roti. What's that? I had Raekwon told him on the roti. Oh. I, I used to um, during COVID, I was doing doing dishes that I don't really get to see, you know, here because we don't have them. But we do ro- roti. It's just basically kind of like a. I want to say you said roti. Yeah, yeah roti. I, I think I brought you one the last time. Yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, it's come on, bring Indo, old man's memory back. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an Indo Caribbean dish from mm-hmm. Trinidad. Just when the Trini- the Indian people came there to work in the railroads in Trinidad. Oh. So they had their like you know dishes right. like dal and they had dishes like roti breads like and what happened was they was just using the ingredients of course like uh, curry is an Indian thing right, right, but yeah. it became it just exploded in the Caribbean right. whenever the Trinidadian West right well I don't know why I say Trinidad but they've been around oh, for I love so Trinidad. long right it's that really like when cool. you see Indian and don't say that word around me of like oh, right. uh, mm-hmm. island extent right, that's the right. that's the thing you Trinidad mm-hmm. yeah you're like oh that's a Trinidad person they, they got pretty hair right you know so like that's like the automatic thing it's like the minute Tobago? you see a, uh, oh, Indian oh, person, so the culture merged yeah, yeah always so yeah, it's its right. own culture. Like you could go right. to like London, you see a lot of like um, Caribbean Indo people, but like okay. that's kind of like where that derived from. I and mean, it, it kind of reminds me like when you go to New Orleans yeah. and like Kubian, red like a fish yep. and red sauce. Yep. And you go to other places and it's like, oh, this is like Kubian, mm-hmm. and, and, and the flavors are different based upon the region that yep. you're right. in. And because like Jamaica got their own roti. That's yeah, what I used to every teach. everybody got oh, their own oh, role. What I would teach my my thing when I taught culinary school, my class that I loved the most was international, mm-hmm. and I had brought a form of my international cuisine because I had taught in California for Le Cordon Bleu in Pasadena for three years, and then had a kid and didn't want to raise her in California, so we come back. But I try to tell them, and this is something that they can attest to as students of mine, techniques will never change. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at a Mexican restaurant and you go in and you have that diced tomatoes Mm -hmm. with the onions and the cilantros, it's called pico de gallo. Yeah. Okay. But now the same technique used on a few different ingredients. Let's take that cilantro and put basil in there. Let's Mm -hmm. take that red onion out and put a little bit of garlic in there. Now let's put a little olive oil lemon. You know what's that? And now we've got bruschetta. That's right. You know, from (laughs) Italy. Wow. You're right. So you're right. The ingredients will change. But if you stand true to your method mm-hmm. and your techniques, you can conquer food, mm-hmm. you know, just watching, right. you know. Right. So when you, you see a chef doing stir fry, 
you know, we all know that when you do stir fry, your vegetables are the last. They're only going to be in there 30 seconds just to heat them up because when you get that broccoli, it's going to be hot, but it's Mm -hmm. going to be, you know, you're Mm going to crunch into it like it's raw Mm -hmm. because that's the style and the technique that they use Mm -hmm. in order to stay healthy. Okay. So okay. technique is following really, different techniques and, 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 and making them your own. I mean, Man, I remember when I went down to Trinidad and Tobago, Port of Spain, down there on the bottom. See, now I'm on the very bottom down there. Man, I ate some stuff, man. I didn't know what it was, but it sure tasted good. Up, <laughs> I was just eating, man. I was, I was like, man, what is that? Hey, they ain't got shot now, brown stew chicken. Yeah, man, whatever, stew chicken. <laughs> you see, that's you know, why I make it And my then food. I was walking down the street, and I, they grab a pineapple and just a coconut and just cut it open and, and I mean, it. drinking yeah. the juice and eating the jelly. Oh, yeah. Man, I was yeah. cutting up out wow. there. Oh, I had, man, I fell in love. I didn't even want to leave. They trying to get me back on the on the airplane to come on back. I don't want to go. You know, but <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, Trinidad's yeah. beautiful, oh, man. man. I know it that, was so beautiful, man. Pretty yeah, beautiful. It's all, you got to appreciate an island that has all four different, like, um, environments, you know, from desert to valley to rainforest. And fresh water. Oh, yeah, yeah, fresh water. So, like, imagine you're, like, you're seeing the ocean. You smell the ocean no matter where you go. Yeah. Then you see a beautiful freshwater pond with mm-hmm. this, with guppies, you right. know. Right. I mean, you can guppies just you can crawfish. just see them. Wow. Yeah, you can see the, them. yeah, crawfish just big, just crawling around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah, I made so, my so beautiful. in all these regions because yeah. it's over 300 yeah. islands. And, you know, <laughs> I, me and a guitar player, we, we kind of befriended some of the natives. <laughs> You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, Didn't so even have to go to a restaurant. They, they took us. They took us up in the bush. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, we went all winding roads up in the bush. Man, and, uh, they still kidnap people and yeah, China, man, no. it was crazy. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden, we come up on this little shack house up in the bush. Yeah. And this big roster brother come out with big old dreads, and his eyes were just blazing. <laughs> Chickens was everywhere. <laughs> Always up there, and he had a deep voice. And his friend, the guy who took us up there, he knew him. You know, mm-hmm. they they know these are these are my American friends. They <laughs> they want to break bread with you. <laughs> Boy, we got sick. <laughs> That's how bad it was. I mean, but it was just Trinidad, Tobago, that Beautiful. port of Spain. Mm-hmm. You know, and wow. that was just. Awesome, you know. I've, I've been there two or three, and the, and the and the cold thing about it, I've been there about three times, right? And when I went back, I knew people. Wow, you know, you learned, yeah, I, I knew friends. people. Make friends, you know. Make, I was making already making friends. They were waiting and talking. And anybody yeah. give you any mountain chicken? Man, I ate some mountain whatever. <laughs> you know, if it was chicken, I probably ate it. Man, you if, know? They, if they have chicken in the name, it ain't chicken. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I eat a lot of different food. No, I just say like if an island, like any ethnic place, like because those guys, to. those guys were saying, "Hey, man, taste this and taste this. You gotta check this out." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. You know." And yeah, mountain chicken is bullfrog. Yeah, just if, uh, oh. that's what it is. Bullfrog. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's all white meat. It's delicious. It's uh, just like a weird fishy chicken, uh, yeah. but it's delicious. Oh, oh, legs in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah man, no but they, they're so huge you call it mountain chicken. That, that, <laughs> okay, yeah, so man, you we, home in the country 
my uncles would catch bullfrogs. I don't even think you can find a bullfrog anymore. Come to my yard. Uh, and <laughs> and that's what they would, you know, they would. Oh, those big bullfrogs? Yes, and they would cook Oh, yeah, out, And sure. I was just terrified. Oh, oh they just skin them like that. Oh, frogs <laughs> yeah. oh, are amazing, though. They're <laughs> so good. Yeah, they are. I, it really I, is. You know, I'm afraid right. of frogs. Mm-hmm. I just don't like them. Not a. Mm-hmm. I just don't. They just creep me. You out. look at you. They just feel gross. So like, I, I had hey, one uh, flop on me once. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, we got another phone call. Let's see who we got right here. Area code two two five four six one. You're on the Bobby Eaton show. Hi guys. Hello. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling from Louisiana. I heard you guys talking right. about Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana phone call. <laughs> what part of Louisiana I'm are you from calling? Tulsa though. Oh, you from okay. T Town? Okay. Yeah, I went to Booker T. Oh, oh all right. Um <laughs> now, I know who it is. now you know who it is? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. All right. Um two questions. For one for Kelly or one for anybody, um, I was just wanting to know what's your take on hydroponic tomatoes versus earth-grown tomatoes. And mm-hmm. then my other question for Kelly is, what was his favorite country? The type of food that they have is your favorite to prepare. Hmm. My favorite country to food to prepare. I'm gonna have to go. With, there isn't one. <laughs> Why do you think I brought two chefs from the Caribbean? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Caribbean food. Um, I, I, you know, I, my, I will say the most complicated food, the most complicated food to me is Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm. Is the, it? Is it the, really? One of the hardest dishes to make on the planet earth and it's not made right is mole. Oh, if you do not that. toast your chilies properly and it tastes like chocolate, it's not right. You know, mm-hmm. so that's Did one of the complicated out. dishes. But I do like foods of flavor, and, and that's one thing I like about Caribbean food because you can go from different islands and you have spice levels. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to jerk chicken. The reason why I got the name is because it made you jerk your head back. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the rumor. <laughs> you know? But really, absolutely. You know, and and you got to drink a <laughs> team with it. You know, that's, that's uh, uh, well, that, on, you said. And you shook, shook your head. He shook his head, and then yeah. that might be different. But I mean, that's what you hear the American rumor. It you know makes you I mean? jerk your head oh, back. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And, 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 or you pull it away from people because it was so good, you jerk it away from them from the meat. You know, there's several stories I've heard. I, you know, I've got a chef right here, two of them, that can probably verify it and, and give us a legitimacy. Now, next favorite food is probably Italian because it's the food of love, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I like Italian. I used to tell Is that what they call the food of love? Yeah, the amour. You know, that, oh that, that, I could go for some Italian right now. Dude. <laughs> I don't know why, like. But I mean, you know, that's one thing, you know, I used to tell my students, if you're going to learn one style of cuisine and you're going to stick with it for a while, learn Italian because no matter where I've gone in the world, Every country I've gone to has an Italian restaurant. There's oh, a pizza wow. joint. There's something there. Even yeah. the Caribbean. You're going to see a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, big hot-ass kitchen. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Hot egg fish kitchen yeah. and what? Mm-hmm. There's a pizza oven near a beach. Like, oh, you're wow. going to something that shouldn't exist. And now okay. Sherry probably will answer the question to tomatoes. We're gonna, I'm going to say terroir, the ground. Right. You know, right. it's like farm raised fish right. versus wild caught right. fish, you know. Right. Flavor. Flavor. Flavor counts and soil matter. Soil is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So everything minerals. You're going to get real minerals you, in your tomato. Hydroponic minerals. isn't going to deliver. They're going to deliver it through the liquid if you dissolve it, so, but it's not going to stay. Mm-hmm. They're not genuine. Not say, yeah. So Caribbean food is hard to grow here in Tulsa. Is it or not? No, no. So is it to grow or to grow? But if you're talking about in terms of the in terms of tropical type. Because I mean, you know, the, it depends. It, 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 uh, it depends it, on what you're growing. So Tulsa, okay. So I grow a lot of my own vegetables. I successfully grow Scotch bonnets every year. You do? I successfully grow habaneros every year. I can't even find a Scotch bonnet. Oh so. man, you could go to Amazon and get okay, seeds. You could have it. like a, a sister um, smuggle okay. a seed right in the airplane. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, like the cornrows trick still worked, man. I, you know, I got family. I was thinking about that. Yeah, but like Caribbean, Caribbean food is not really. You just gotta be in tune with your, you know, star player. You gotta, you know, you don't need a greenhouse. You just gotta kind of know specifically what you're trying to get. Like, don't grow plantains in Oklahoma because it's not a long enough growing season. But what will be that season? So Caribbean cook different. Like we, you know how it is. We literally use peppers to season our food, and then we add our other, like you know, like our sofritos, our different sauces, you know, our different marinades. We just cook differently. But like the Caribbean seasoned vegetables, can all successfully regrown in every farm in Oklahoma easily, mm-hmm. even you know? Callaloo greens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're they're probably I mean easier than most things. Yeah, like I grew up yeah. using like mustard greens and all those other greens as callaloo instead, you know, as an alternative, just because my family hated callaloo. Okay. You know, okay. like so we we ate combust like we ate collard greens and call it callaloo growing up. Really? Oh yeah, I was so shocked whenever like you know I got my Caribbean card pulled one day. <laughs> oh, no, that really? happens. It happens. They will pull your card. <laughs> okay. You see how I sound? Like, you know, nice. Yeah, you uh, have your, yeah, you can have I, your accent. Yeah, no, if I say certain, like, somebody like, hey, let me see if you're still Caribbean. Say 40. I say 40. Like, yeah, you've been in America too long. <laughs> really? <laughs> Real island boys say 40. Straight 40. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, we used to say 40. 40. Yeah. 40 in North Tulsa. Yeah. So, you know, so, like, yeah, we used to say 40. I got a 40. You know? I got a 40, man. Yeah, actually, you know? grandma took cook collaloo. So, like, <laughs> That's the way it went down. Man. I got a 40 over here. I got a 40 and a shorty. <laughs> 40, 40 and a shorty. In Florida. Right. Yeah. Getting back to the food and culture, when we, when we were brought here, we were brought here for purpose. Mm-hmm. And our main purpose was to grow their food for them. Right. Okay, you got the pearl of Leah, Leah Penniman, right? Mm-hmm. Soul Fire? Okay. Well, Leah, Leah broke it down so detailed, mm-hmm. like, you know, how they would bring people from West Africa that grew rice, mm-hmm. and you would get along the southern coast, Georgia, for, and down into the Caribbean. That's where, I mean, literally taking us from our spaces to grow their food. Right. And that's why we take a lot of the culture with us. Mm-hmm. And like you, like you would just men- mention, putting those seeds in your braiding seeds in your hair, Curl that kind of gold. thing, right? So, a lot of a lot of what we're talking about here, the culture has been lost. Yep. People do not know. People do not know that their ancestors were brought here for 
agriculture to grow food because mm-hmm. these people didn't know how to grow food, period, in the conversation. Or cooking. It, hello. Exactly. Hello. Exactly. So, but when we talk about our, our contemporaries that don't know how to pick a tomato, don't even know what a fresh tomato tastes like, or, ooh, that's slave work, that kind of thing, like, that's how we, that's how, that's the reason why we got here. But that's how we survive. That's how we survive because we weren't allowed to get what they had. We had to grow our own, and sometimes we and had scraps. to get some of the stuff. All this is scraps. Right. You right. know, so where the chitlins come from. Or right. the chitlins. Right. You know, no, they didn't rip. want that. They didn't want to eat that. So you guys can have that. So that's when you're in Louisiana, you get blood blue dan. I'm like, who in the heck? My Creole friends eat blood blue dan. I was like, no, <laughs> Jesus, no. I mean, we have that blood is sausage. A, that's, that's what it is. We a call it blood in French Louisiana. <laughs> blood crazy, huh? Or Boston from the Irish, the blood sausage there. Right. First time I had it, it was for breakfast. And I was like, this is not appropriate for the first meal of the day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. Exactly. You know, I ate that sucker for breakfast with smoked herring. Every oh, oh, okay. Coagulated oh, blood oh, with no, a raw well, tomato oh. is not suitable for Oh, breakfast. no, no. The raw tomato did not belong on a plate, but it was mm. that smoked herring, boiled eggs with provision and a little bit of blood sausage. I always stopped eating it when my grandma got gross about it. See, and that's a love. You hear the provision. Oh, yes. Yes. That's those yes. brown things. That's oh. what comes up out Provisions of the earth. Provision. Yes. Oh, that's, okay. That's, so that's, that's, that's yeah. Okay. So yeah. that the yeah. mindset, provisions, what you just said, coming the root to come and people were looking. And that's what islanders call it. They, yeah. That, that's a word. Provision. So were they looking down upon or? No, it's okay. just, you know, it's what the ground provides. Okay, you know? exactly. Okay, I got you. So we're really you. all the same, really. We're just what? a little spread out. Because, exactly. like, every single thing, all because, like, when I was, like, talking to Kelly in class, I straight up, like, I was like, wait, we talking about soul food? Like, where's the weird stuff? You know, and it just yeah, seems really. like every single thing that everybody do fundamentally that's, like, African-American mm-hmm. or African mm-hmm. descent mm-hmm. literally have, like, a weird... Connection. You know, connection to Jamaican, yeah. to Cuban, to, oh, you right. know, mm-hmm. which it, it freaks me out. Like, oh, like, y'all eat cornbread? <laughs> for, 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 like, with beans? Yeah. Uh, and, then yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, you're right. that stuff goes in chili, but okay, that, that's fine. You know, like, like, collard greens? But see, the thing with cornbread and rice, I'm not, like, people fuck their north. Mm-hmm. Like in Louisiana, this way that you would see a more you would see more cornbread. But right. as you go south, southern, you, you see, see more rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It, and it's a it's a culture and a regional thing too. So. Yeah. Well, and then cornbread changes. Yeah, then Johnny it becomes cakes. Johnny cakes. Yeah. Hoe cakes. Oh, God. you know what I mean. So I now, you say some hoe cakes. Yeah, but like, cakes. I mean, yeah. it is real. But, but yeah, then, right, I mean, it yes. just depends on where you're from. Right. Again, more and it's more flour the southern you go. Because, like, when it's more flour and more fat, you end up going into festival territory. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cake right. makes a yeah. comeback again. Festivals uh-huh. are okay. amazing, you know, from, from Jamaica. And oh, it's, wow. And it's cornmeal-based. You yeah, know what okay. I mean? Yeah. And then the southern you go, it's, it's less like cornmeal. Festivals, okay. carnivals, and stuff. No, it's oh, a, no. It's a, it's like a Johnny cake. Mm-hmm. Explain it. It's it's sweet. I made it. I made it. It's like sweet cornbread, what we have, but then oh, there's more to it. It's like a real, like yeah. real jiffy cornbread. No, 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 no. It's better. It's no, better. It's in the box. Just, because in the, here's the other thing. Festivals. They here's are the amazing. other thing. 
certain places you eat sugar in certain foods like grits and rice and that right. kind of thing. But when you come back north, like baby, we don't we don't do sugar and in our rice. Grits. Well, look at what they grow in Jamaica. You right. got rice. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. you got right. sugar cane. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so that's why sugar don't go sugar don't go in rice in it. Um I don't know how they do it in Jamaica. They put, they no, put, they some don't. people put sugar in rice. No, that's a southern black thing now. You yeah, got they put sugar from on the black sugar on the sugar cane. Sugar uh, on beans, sugar on rice. I'm like, out there Watching, we <laughs> Islanders, we don't put, we don't put <laughs> we no don't, sugar we in not. rice. No, we don't. Go. I'm with no, you. No, no. You got, you got you don't people. Put sugar, girl, no, right. you got no, people, no, no. You got people here in America that will I'm take, they'll take rice and butter and put sugar in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is an abomination. They had no respect. They will do that. Let me tell you something. They will do that. Rice and rice because I have. Ancestors, like, like that shows you you don't have no respect for this grain of rice. Like my grandma, uh, my all my relatives, they wash their rice. Yeah, right. yes, they right. wash their rice. Right. They right. Look at the, yeah. they exactly. Look at the grains. Mm-hmm. If you're like, like I, I remember coming, yeah, right. I come in the kitchen that hey Malik, let me let me show you something. You see this rice? This is good rice right here. <laughs> see that rice right there? That's bad like, rice. You it's see broken. that? Like it's long. It's quite so. What we gonna do? We gonna soak it for an hour? Are yeah. we going to? Ain't no rice cookers. It's like yeah. straight up water. Right. You know, measure with well, a little bit. Yeah. 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 And then like when I hear well, rice, there's a off. name. Like literally, that's how I know rice is important. They literally, be like, yeah, man, this is this Johnson rice right here. Okay. Right. You gonna eat it with this curd. Yeah, you see this rice? That's our forbidden rice. We gotta have it without pork. You know, like, like you have you make a day around it. Wow. That's I'm like, yeah, sugar, butter. They say real butter. <laughs> like, how dare you? You know, it's like see, that's thin, nice. Huh? I, I, I'm finding this quite fascinating and entertaining at the same time because at my mom at our table where we grow up, you did not do that at oh, all. That okay. was sacrilege. You might get in trouble. Yeah, yeah you don't leave the yeah. table. Like, like oh, you yeah. don't leave the table. You sit down. It's in front of you. Like, you don't have nothing. You don't protest. Nothing. No. Wow. Well, see, I had a white mom. That was different. Now. Yeah, yours was different. My mom was white, so it was it was potato. See, you can't. You, oh. had, you treat that potato with like, the utmost respect. Really? Are, are you Total. peeling that potato? What are you peeling that potato for? There's nutrients in that. I'd be like, come on, mom. You made 17 to dessert today. Mm-mm. The last thing you should be thinking about is nutrition. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're not peeling that potato. So growing up eating baked potatoes, uh, you uh, scrubbed really well. Right. And then you ate the so? whole potato. Right. Oh, wow. potatoes right. on Jamaica. I respected potatoes growing up. <laughs> right. But see again but a cult, the culture. Irish Irish potato. Right. Right. With a, a, an islander. The respect was still there. It didn't matter what it was. You know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. they, yeah. my mom wasn't big on rice. She was big on the old boil in the bag, you know, because she couldn't cook <laughs> Wait, wait. So you say you're Irish, right, chef? My mom was Irish. So check this out. Oh. We run into a lot of um, people as half Irish, half black, because Bahamas yeah, happened. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of Bahamas, what happened? You know? <laughs> the Bahamas the Bahamas, Bahamas happened. Yeah, the slaves burned down the plantation too much. Funny. You know, like, y'all out of control. That is funny. Yeah, so but yeah, yeah, we have a lot of oh Irish God. descendants in the Caribbean. Oh, and wow. a lot of Jewish descendants too, because my grandmother is a Jew. Oh wow! Really? The culture yeah, yeah. Is sounds kind of Jewish. Yeah. Oh really? I would have never guessed. Me neither. Yeah. Revelations. 
Wow. wow. See, I'm not exotic. I, I, I came from just like, you know, but but both thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Well, look here. We're going to take a little short pause for the calls. You know, you're on uh, the Bobby Eaton Show, but we're talking about it. We got the Black Wall Street chefs. And so stick around, okay? Oh, my God. Oh, yes, I'm What's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson, and you listen to K-Bob, 89.9 FM, Bobby Eaton Show. Hi, this is Abdul Raouf of the SOS Band. And when we're in Tulsa, we listen to KBOB, 89.9 FM. North Star Security and Private Investigation provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are CLEAT and state certified. If you're seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com. For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918-248-6592. That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation. Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Cole with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry-out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janice. Can't feel myself, I don't want nobody else to ever love me. You are my shining star. Advertise in the Salsa Black Owned Business Guide. It's a monthly publication reaching all of Oklahoma and beyond, giving exclusive content about your business and many businesses that are connected to you. Full page and half pages are available. Purchase and artwork are due on the 25th of each month. Visit us online right now at www.tulsabobn.com for more details. Or email us right now at tulsabobn at gmail.com for pricing. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. 
The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. All right, we're back here. KBOB 89.9 FM. KBOB899.com. So you can go and live stream us. Bobby Eaton Show here every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. And on Saturdays from 12 to 2. So we do. We tell our stories our way. But we got a great show going on. We've been doing pretty good, huh, Sherry? Yes, food is universal. That's that's a good conversation to have. Now, let me ask you guys. What is is your favorite dish to cook, to prepare? What is, I mean, is there one that you just just love to cook? I'm going to, my ex-wife is listening, so I (laughs) I think she'll know this one. I used to, I I cooked, we used to have soul food Sundays with my family. Oh, okay. With family around uh-huh. here and um, I did a lot of gumbo. You know what? I had lot, some today. A lot of gumbo. Oh and I make a pretty good. mean gumbo. Do you? Oh yes, sir. I love gumbo. I have a chef in California that I taught with who's from Japan and I posted a Facebook picture of my gumbo and he commented. He was like, does your roux still take over an hour? And I was like, absolutely. It's no other It's way. all about the roux, isn't it? It's all yeah. about the roux. Yeah. You know, you got that dark roux. You can't burn it. It's like burning beans. <laughs> you burn one bean in a pot, it's done. It's, yeah. You, you get one little speck again. of burnt roux, you got to start, all start over. over. And now you got time invested. Yep. You, you use butter. You're wasting money. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it gets it gets it gets critical with gumbo, and then you got seafood. You know, you got Good. shrimp and crab and chicken and andouille, and yeah, it gets expensive, man. And on our soul food Sundays, we'd have twenty, thirty family members wow. coming over and getting some gumbo. gumbo. My Aunt Clara, man, always you need to make gumbo. You made a huge gumbo. pot of gumbo. How did you learn how to make it? People, no one taught me. No one taught you how to make gumbo. No sir. You just kind of put it together yourself. So that's why I became a chef. It's the one thing I can do. I can genuinely, I am really good at watching you do something in the kitchen and, and mimicking you. Mm-hmm. And then once I've got your flavor profile, you're done for because I'm really good at dissecting what you've got in your food. Mm-hmm. Like one of the restaurants in Tulsa, that is a good restaurant. You know, there's a barbecue restaurant that serves some pretty good ribs. I'm not going to say anything else about them. They're on 18th in Boston. You know, but they have a, a potato salad that's really different. And I, I now that's that. different right there. That potato salad. <laughs> oh well, you know, man, you got. Well, you, have you ever been to Burn Co and had their potato salad? Yeah. It's different. It's got a little balsamic vinegar. I have. It's got those green onions in there, and it's kind of difficult. But mm-hmm. I, I, I've got it down. I've copied them. It's not <laughs> a goal of mine. It's not a goal of mine, but that's one thing. If you tell me that you can do better than me, don't let me taste your food because then I'm going to make mine better better than yours because now I've. I've cooked yours. I'm gonna mm-hmm. cook yours. Now I'm gonna find something to make it. Yeah, better. that potato to salad. Some people have different types of potato salad. Uh, I grew up with the little yellow potato salad, yeah. cardboard, uh, <laughs> sweet relish. Sweet oh relish. God, you know, some people mustard. don't even you put, had to have yeah. little mustard oh, in there. What? Yes. They don't red put onion. The, the Gotta red have red onion what? in your potato. They don't potato. put the relish in there. Oh, Who sweet don't relish. relish? I got some sweet. You got yes. to have the sweet relish. You gotta have the sweet relish and some hard boiled eggs. Hard boiled eggs. At least the whites. 
at least mm-hmm. the whites, not one of them all. Just don't Everything. overcook the eggs. I've had people put pi- pickle relish in there. I've had dill pickle relish. Dill in pickle there. relish in there yeah. too. Um, I like the sweet better. So well, you know, those people out south kind of put sour cream. They use oh, new. Potatoes. We're going to use new potatoes. And we're going to put dill in it and sour cream. And then you're like, we're getting oh, way out here now. Potatoes. So, yeah, you might as well so, trash them potatoes all right. instead of mash them. Trash them. Okay. So your thing, oh, your, your thing is gumbo. One of them. One of them. Yes. Okay. That's one of the top of the list. That's oh. on the top of the oh, list. Wow. And then, of course, you know, Oklahoma in the summertime, you got to sit outside in the yard. And yeah. I yeah. love, yeah. I got a smoker that yeah. okay. smoking that goes Miss Latouche. Okay. I like to dip in apple. You like to dip in apple? You don't have a favorite? Well, it's not something that you say, hey, I, this is what I, this is, boy, you. That one thing boy, you one can thing, whip out real fast. Well, if I cook this, everybody going. I guess, Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, I like to do jerk chicken. Jerk chicken. Okay. Yeah. So everybody can't cook their jerk chicken right, no, huh? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So yours is jerk, huh? Yeah. What makes yours stand <laughs> I out? I think she got another. I think she. I think she's had. I think she, she got shot. another recipe. She shot. I know she. I know she, she got, got something. Uh, she just busted. That jerk chicken. Everybody don't do good jerk chicken. You know. You know the curry goat ain't bad. Mm-hmm. I mean. You do goat cook? Well, of course. Yeah, I make my goat. own curry. Okay, so when you're trying to get a goat here uh-huh. in Oklahoma, well, where are you gonna find? We one? can get you one. I know. <laughs> Look, I know. You know where well, goats go, are. Well, I, I you know. know. Okay, so the closest thing um, to Jamaica and Miami is um, Morello's. So I go to Morello's and yeah, the goat there. Okay. Oh, Morello's. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, they have cool. a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because sometimes you have to go, you have to just dip out a Reese's to get what you need and. They don't. They they just not gonna have it. Walmart's just not gonna Morello. have it. Morello. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to remember that. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? Oh man, dude. What's your, what's your favorite dish to cook? Well, threaten me with a good time. Like, dude. Like, I love. Okay, so my favorite dish um, that I actually that's a dish that's been passed down generation. And I'm proud of it because it's a dish that I picked up from. Looking over my mom's shoulder, looking over my grandma's shoulder, brown stew chicken. Brown stew chicken. So, like, and the reason that one is my favorite one that I pull from St. Croix, right? Because I have two. But like that one is because of the level of difficulty and understanding in order to execute that dish. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like your everyday sit and forget it. You're actually literally cooking your chicken in straight up burnt caramel. You know what I mean? Your house literally have to smell sketchy for like five minutes mm-hmm. until it, it starts smelling amazing. Oh, but like oh. that's where it really, I mean, you can even find a video on Instagram and whatnot. I do a lot of um, video demos and stuff, but my the one dish that's near and dear to me is my roti. I, I, I love my roti recipe and whatnot. Made that one because the fact that I can't find no restaurant that makes rotis frustrated me. I literally was willing to drive to Oklahoma City to get this. Really? And find it. So, yeah. So, I love making the bread. I like doing it at my house because it's an event. Mexican people have tamales. Puerto Rican people got pastetas. I got oh. roti. You know what I mean? I have, like, all hands on deck at the house. Okay. You know? Yeah, with a little jasmine rice and then the end of the whole thing, just feel like you got a reward, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I like making every dish from every place i like you know I, I think my fried chicken that i learned in georgia is off the chain i love i i make good jerk chicken i i would say that too i make perfect jollof rice 
you know, and those are my favorite things, you know, but these are things I learned from studying different islands. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked for her older brother as a uh, head chef mm-hmm. for a cool minute or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that kind of piqued my interest in Jamaican mm-hmm. cuisine because it was like, I was tired of, out tired of hearing jerk chicken because I was like, wait, these people make goat too. You know, mm-hmm. these people do all these other stuff. Right. So it was like, that's what kind of made my mm-hmm. interest into the island. Of right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I got a big question. Yes, sir. Now, TV, you got shows like Hell's mm-hmm. Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Worked on it the first year. Huh? You I did? Worked on Hell's Kitchen. Okay, tell year. us about that, man. <laughs> tell us about Hell. Since you was connected that's, that's to Hell's extra. Kitchen, tell, really. us, tell us no, about your like journey with Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> well, I don't know how it is now because it was the first season and it was a makeshift restaurant, but what it was was we volunteered okay. because they couldn't prep it. And, um, but I will say, you know, it's funny because they, they know one of my old constituents, he's no longer here. He passed away, but his name was Chef Herman and Chef Herman was an amazing chef, but Chef Herman had spent a lot of time in Europe as well. Mm -hmm. And he worked for a chef who was British and he was a chef that was kind of a sous chef while uh, Gordon Ramsay was the executive sous chef under this chef named Marco Pierre White. And if you go on the internet and you look up Marco Pierre White, he was half French, half British. Uh-huh. And he was the first chef in England to, to garner three Michelin stars. However, he had a show that was on the British Broadcasting Network, just like PBS here, but it was like Hell's Kitchen. And if you go back and look at it, he torments Gordon Ramsay, no. like yeah. Gordon Ramsay yeah. is tormented now, like yeah. he does. Well, I mean, I, there's an yeah. episode where yeah. they're him cry. Owen, yeah. Owen, yeah. they know about it. So, oh, wow. you know, there's an episode where he's in the dining room, they're closed, and he's smoking cigarettes one after another, just ashing in this fine china, just putting cigarettes out. The phone rings, he's cussing people out. The next scene, he's hunting. There's Gordon Ramsay as a kid, and he's like, I don't even know why I brought you with me. And he's just looking at him, and he goes, I don't even like you. <laughs> he was like, oh, really? you can't even cook. He was like, you probably can't even hunt. <laughs> and there's a young Gordon Ramsay just like, why is he abusing me like oh, this? Oh, my God. You know, so. So he was actually just beating him oh, up. Oh, my God. Priming him for help. But what's so funny is when you look at the transition of their life, there's like a time lapse of, of Gordon Ramsay and Marco Pierre White. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's this dope song playing and it's in slow motion. It's like that. Doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. And there's all this paparazzi and they're standing out of this hotel, you know, and it's Gordon Ramsay, Marco Pierre White. They look at each other, they fist bump and they get into a Rolls Royce and drive out. And you're like, you see what it all came to mm-hmm. now, all of that came to, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I used to tell my students, you know, you're going to see a lot of chefs out there that have made a lot of money, but a lot of them came from money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. And so they started with money. Oh, huh? there's chefs here in Tulsa that, you know, there's a chef downtown that's got two, three restaurants, you know, but he came from money, you know, okay. he wasn't poor, you okay. know, so, so, that's a, so that's when you look at us, you know, now granted, I wasn't, you know, I grew up on Reservoir Hill, so people that know Tulsa, they're like, oh, brother, you didn't grow up, bro, you know what I mean? No way, that was, that was kind <laughs> of upscale. Yeah, you know, growing so they're up, like, no, that's, up Reservoir. Like, that's Baldwin Hills yeah, of right. Los Angeles, right. you know? Right. Baldwin Hills, right, right. So, you know, so it's like, I, I, but I understand it, 
Mm-hmm. You know, my dad grew up poor. You know, my dad talks about eating cornbread and clabbered milk because they were so poor, you Boy, know. Mm-hmm. And, you know. With yeah, the, my it, mama loved that. See, and my that's dad. It. And, of course, you know, yeah. God forbid, don't put no sugar in there, you no, know, because that was his Clabbered milk and cornbread. I used to say, Ew, Well, I didn't know what clabbered milk was. Yeah, right. I was like, Dad, what is that? Is that it's like, like a butter, brand of milk? Butter, is that butter. Gordon? Is that healthy, <laughs> the cow then, milk? Right. No, they, son, that's milk that's going bad. That's curled like, up, scald. Like, I'm like, Butter, buttermilk in, in that. Yeah. Know, yeah. That, that, but then God. now you see where buttermilk, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when I it's taught in California, great. I had a chef and he was telling people, Yeah, you know, in the South, they use buttermilk to, to marinate their chicken and that. <laughs> I just happened to be walking by the chef, and he's like, and Chef Chris can agree he's from Oklahoma. And I'm like, actually, Chef, that's not <laughs> not totally true. I don't know where you got that from. but And he was like, well, come in and educate us. And I said, well, you know, buttermilk is milk that's going bad, really. Buttermilk, that's yeah. Curdling. Mm-hmm. I said, so when you got milk, you don't waste milk, brother. So you find other ways, and I use my dad's example of you pour it in cornbread, you know, to soften it up for mm-hmm. breakfast, or you use it because it's starting now to have an acid effect. Mm-hmm. You use it because it's got that sour mm-hmm. acid will help tenderize my meat. Mm-hmm. It makes it a little more moist, but it's not something you're going to go out and buy to serve at a restaurant because buttermilk a half gallon of buttermilk costs me more than a half gallon of whipping cream. Mm-hmm. And if I can use whipping cream to make Alfredo sauce or make whipped cream for my desserts, and I've got multiple uses for it, now that's what's coming into my kitchen because of my cost factor. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things, you know, that I look at, you know, where I'm at now. I've got a, a, a guy that's pretty, pretty wealthy as a, as a backer, and he's like, well, Kelly, I don't, I don't care. We're going to do what we want to do. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't have to think about cheating. No, Kelly, if that's what you want to do, well, that's what we the people do. that enjoy that will come and find right. us. Mm, right. And I'm like, I've never worked with anyone like you. And he's like, because I'm not a restaurant guy, but we're going to open up a restaurant, mm-hmm. even though he has a restaurant now right. and a bar that's very popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's he understands. And he sees the vision that we have because right. – the gas so you're going to open up a restaurant, huh? Yeah. We, we've got yes, a spot we going. We've okay. got a spot you, being you, built you, right you, now. Oh, being wow. built right now. There right is, now. And it's going to be the only downtown yeah. banquet facility that has a roof. You don't want to say where it's located? 21 North Greenwood. <laughs> 21 North Greenwood. Yes, sir. Right next to the Black Wall Street Museum that's being built on the corner. There's right. A, right there. That right. building yeah, right next door, that four-story building that's being built, will have the only rooftop catering facility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Uh, liquid liquid nice. Lounge is moving over there. Too. I'm, yeah, I'm so. glad. I'm glad yeah, for so, keeping yeah. for Guy. You yeah. know, Mr. Yeah. Troop and your brother are doing yeah, well. Right. Dwight and my brother. Pike yeah. is my dude, man. Yeah. He's got the elixir of life. I'm telling you that. Yeah, that, that, Dwight, that Dwight, my brother. He's a beast. He is a beast. Yeah. I was like, when was the last time you worked out? He was like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, looking like that? I need to subscribe yeah, he keeps, to he keeps himself. He keeps himself together. He, 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 yeah. he won't come up here while it's cold. Yeah, no, he don't like man, cold. He called me the other day. Yeah. All right. And well, I didn't even know y'all were brothers. Yeah, that's that my baby you. brother. <laughs> man. I'm the oldest. You know, how many? How many? It's four of us. Really? Uh, well, see, yeah. And I've met your dad down yeah, there. Dad, you're right. Uh-huh. I called him Mr. Eaton. Yeah. Well, he yeah. got a lot of history right there. A lot of knowledge. You know, and that's yeah. what I'm, that's what we are capitalizing right now with the guy that is building all of this. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. backing us. Mm-hmm. I know. We, I know we, him. You know him. Mm-hmm. And this dude has such a vision 
You know, he's not even from here, but he has a vision that's bigger than a lot well, of Well, a lot of that vision comes from him Being. learning and talking to people in the community. So get the, I mean, you got the money. You can do whatever you want well, to. Then think about it. You know, you, you, come gotta from, have the, you come from another country, but then you come, stick a shot. Mm-hmm. You go from a country from where he's from to you follow Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So now yeah. you're like, oh, now. So that's why he has a palate. You yeah. know, he was no, like, he that, we need that boozy uh, chicken, that fried mm-hmm. chicken. And he I'm understands like, it after, oh. every, after hearing it from different people. Oh, this is what we need. And he's a visionary. It's a need. Man. He's a yeah. visionary. He really is. And, mm-hmm. I, and I commend him because mm-hmm. he's backing me. He's supporting me. Oh, it's going to happen. You know, I'm doing specials right now, now for the gas. Yeah. And I'm at his restaurant. Right. He's hungry. Well, okay. And, uh, oh, that's Good. That's good. So you, you know, so you, what, what days do you guys cook? The, the, we're not there. You're what not it there is yet? is we're we, okay. basically what I did is I created some some recipes and menus, mm-hmm. and I've trained their staff. Oh, I do go in a lot, you know. Now I will say, if Brian's listening, he's like, "Yeah, chef, I don't need you here that much," you know. And mm-hmm. but it's my passion, you uh-huh. know, and they, they, he has to understand uh-huh. that. It's, uh, you know, they say rappers say back to the lab. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a chef, that's it's my back lab. To lab. Mm-hmm. Back to the lab. I got to right. get in this kitchen. So it's not that, but I'm making sure everything is fresh. I'm making sure they're doing it right. Thank I've got. I've got to check. You know, and and so it's it's. I'm there more than I should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was there yesterday. I wasn't there today, but I'll be mm-hmm. there tomorrow. So it's a couple times here and there. I try to do things, and uh, and uh, so, but you know, we did a chicken and waffle special. Last okay. month, I did a shrimp and grits. Oh, wow. And we were talking about okra, and I actually had whole fried okra pods <gasps> on there, pods, whole pods of okra no. that I had fried. And oh, so really? We, uh, that was a garnish. I actually did a collard green oh, salad that had watermelon cubes, and, mm. and it was collard greens with watermelon, pickled red onions. I'm getting ready to cut Man. I'm like, well, right now, I've got a smothered pork chop down there that's right, pretty pork chops. Ooh, I'm like, marinated in beer. <laughs> marinated in the local I beer. okra. And yeah, I mean, so you guys like, are going to all be together doing this. Huh? Yes, we are yes. going to be there. Wow. Okay. The and we're going to be able to, we'll be able to provide anything, any yeah. kind of atmosphere, any kind of menu. You know, my, me, I'm personally versed in about 28 different countries. So I can get us there, but now I want to bring real chefs. I want somebody there that they can really relate to. You know, yeah. if we have. You know, if we have the Spanish American Society come in and they want a Puerto Rican dinner, oh, I can provide you with a chef that's from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, or we have the Middle Eastern Society come in and they want to do some things. I've got a chef from Iran that can do this and it right. can accommodate right. you. Right. So that's what it's about. You know, it's 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 bringing what we want. We're going to be able to be creative. We're going to be and able to be wow. free. We're going to tell our own story, like and, an international type of like you know, one mm-hmm. week you have. Yeah, right. One week and then you have, yeah, Trinidad. change it up mm-hmm. and stuff like what? that. Be diverse. Oh. Exactly. And people mm-hmm. have to line up to get in. If right. You don't, if you don't get in early, you can't get in. Well, yeah. And the beauty is it's going to be a, a banquet facility on the roof in downtown. Right. It's actually going to have a whole, a whole 500 people. The room will be able to break down to smaller rooms. Right. Just like in Overseeing a, in a, the city. And right. then you're going to have this beautiful view. And yeah. then you're going to have the whole balcony, the whole roof. Right. So we'll be able to have dinners inside, but yet you can dance and party outside. Now, this is going to probably take place when? Early, mid next year. Hopefully hopefully by Juneteenth. That's right. Because I've got some plans. Juneteenth of this year? The, the, the coming up. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. I, I see they're moving pretty quick. 
getting the development taking place down there. Yes, sir. They are. Everybody's getting ready for 2021. Mm. You know, that's so the gotta, that's the thing. Everybody's trying to get yeah, ready for 2021. Huh? We have to be. We have to think beyond that. And what you guys are doing is, you know, that long term look. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be long term because yeah. I'm always saying this. After 2021, we're still here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, we're still here. So everybody else is gone. The, the party's over, what they say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're still here. We got to live here in our communities and do what we do well, and that's to make why, things happen. That, and that's my goal with this is to, to make this long term. You know, I was talking to Troop from the Liquid Lounge, and we were we were like, you know, Kelly, there's so much that you can do with mm-hmm. the gastronome. You know, the Black Wall Street chefs for the name of the show today. You know, Troop and I actually thought about it. He was like, Kelly, I have a I have a connection with the NFL. <laughs> he was like, and there's a couple oh, yeah, cats. Oh, yeah, he does. A couple right. cats, you know, oh, I've known. He knows a lot of them. Right. Yeah. I and Keith go in my family way back. Keith mm-hmm. is, Keith mm-hmm. is a chef. Mm-hmm. His older brother Keith. Oh we yeah. Work, we've worked together in the kitchen. Oh really? In fact, he's like, hurry up and get this gastronome so I can move back to Tulsa. So, mm-hmm. so Keith is actually interested in this. But what we were talking about is just there's so much more. You know, the gastronome is is the name, but the culinary collective, and it's just a collective of chefs, but it's also a collection of ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to be a think tank. I right. want to be an educational facility for, for less fortunate kids that want to learn how to ship. You know, right. again, the guy that's building this building, they have, you know, the, the means, you know, let's get a foundation, his foundation to support two or three kids a year, man, so that they could come down and learn how to be a chef. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, this is a viable industry. You know, if we have ideas, her jerk chicken is amazing. The sauce that she puts on it is amazing. You know, I do, I do spices and rubs. I do blackening mm-hmm. spices. I've got some barbecue sauce that I make. You know, I want this to be a, a springboard for products. Mm-hmm. I want right. this to be a, 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 a temp service, you mm-hmm. know, in the hospitality field, you know, other there's right. so much that we, you know, in, in five years, What's that? The CMOS. Uh, The CMOS, you know, nutritional beverages because Mm -hmm. her brother, you know, healthy drinks. Right. You know, there's so much that we can do, you know. So if we come up with ideas and we want a product and we want to put it on the shelves, we'll have a place that we can at least incubate that idea and start that. It's a commercial kitchen and you don't have all the restrictions and you groom the people that want to do those things. It's a living, breathing company. This company can grow into anything. I have, we have ideas, we have thoughts, but there's other people that, you know, yesterday we were talking and, and, and one thing that, that Raekwon said was, man, we got to get on Twitter and Instagram. You know, we need to really push that, you know, that generation, you know, that younger mindset. I need that thought. You know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm still on my space. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm and, and, you know and we, you know, so yes, you know, and my daughter today was even saying, you know, yeah, daddy, Instagram is where mm-hmm. it's at, you right. know, right. and you know, well, so you I'm have older. to use modern day technology and some of the elders get lost yeah, and they get to a point to where they not challenged by it and they don't want to fool with it. That's why I stay around young people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And young people keep me going. They'd be like, bam, oh, do this, Bobby, go here, do this, blah, blah, blah. YouTube, you know, so and so. I mean, I watch YouTube every day, all day. Yep. See, yeah. she wants to do a podcast. Yeah. We, yeah. you know, so now we've got this. Well, we're you got, right. you, you, you can, can do, do podcasts. In the space that you're talking about, mm-hmm. it's like it's you can do it. Actually, higher 
I was talking to, and, yeah. to the man that's building right it. And he mm-hmm. was like, Kelly, we got to get some you know, some GoPros, whatever we need to do, man. We'll yeah, put about you, six or seven of them up there. And they're cooking right. in And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Huh? That's what we at work all the time. Yeah, they do it to you at work anyway. Yeah, they come, uh, they have a uh, uh, photographer do literally videotape me from start to finish on service. Mm-hmm. You know, just to put well, on their website. Well, and that's what be that's what's needed. And that's yeah. well, that's it's the media. Well, that's yeah. the media. But you, you know, you're talking about um, serving to to a certain group of people, but you've also talked about the community itself and mm-hmm. trying to get them to understand the important, you know, nutrition. Yeah. Right. All right. So people coming to that space to learn how to cook a meal for their family that's healthy and nutritious exactly. and you have your camera you have your you have your entire kitchen set up so people can go in okay we're going to learn how to cook this today mm-hmm. all you right know, we're going to sit down and talk about the meal i, I work for exactly. mary j blige and mary yeah we were gonna, i was going to ask you about mary j blige mary loves soul food she loves southern food her mom is from savannah georgia mm-hmm. and so one of the things that she is a go-to for her was the paula dean cookbook I can't tell you how many times I made crepes with Nutella for mm-hmm. her because she just a simple crepe with some Nutella and banana in it, uh-huh. you know, but that was what she liked. Mm-hmm. But she also wanted soul food. And the challenge was, was to cook this soul food healthy. Right. Well, you know, Kelly, I want some collard greens, but can you make them smoky and not put ham hock in them? I don't eat pork. All right, let me go get this smoked turkey, or let me go get some smoked duck, or let me go right. get some kind of alternative, because mm-hmm. now I can still give you that smokiness. Smoke. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all know that I do when, when I make beans. I mean, there's so much pork in my beans. You know, it's like, really? You, you like a little beans with your pork, huh? You know, even though it's mm-hmm. brown beans, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of meat in my beans. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's like that. You know, I want some brown beans, but I don't want ham hock. Well, let me go get right. the smoke again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I, I, I had to learn to cook. What was she like to cook for? Oh, she's an amazing person, man. She was absolutely wonderful. Now, her husband was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? And people That's that know Chef Tim, exactly. Yeah. My first day there, a good friend of mine, he goes, his name is Chef Frank Miller, and he's probably the number one private celebrity chef in America. He was, his mother had passed away, so we only had a couple hours to, to interact. So he was like, all right, dog, I'm going to show you where to go grocery shopping. I'm going to show you a couple of hot spots, and then I'm out. All right. And then as he was walking out the door, it was like, all right, man, peace. Oh, by the way, you got to make dinner. It's 4 o'clock, man. What time do they eat? Six. Mm. So I've got two hours to whip up dinner, you know. So I ended up making some collard greens. Mm -hmm. I ended up making red beans and rice, and I ended up doing – she had some fish, so I made some spice, and I threw Mm -hmm. a little black and fish. Mm -hmm. So what's ironic is her husband comes down. He's like, you know, man, it smells great, Chef. Man, what you cooking? And I tell him the menu. Now, I did not know he had an aversion. Again, another guy from the West Indies. He's West Indian background. Didn't know he didn't like beans. Mm. So I put the red beans and rice. I tell him red beans and rice. Blackened fish, some collard greens. I even got you guys a little dessert, made you a little creme brulee. So when I set the food down, he literally slid the plate from one end to the other end of the table. And oh, it looked wow. like paper football. You know how it just teeters on the right, edge? Right. The plate was teetering. And, I mean, he slid. I don't like beans, dog. They disgust me. And, I mean, he got up. 
threw a fit. This is his friend. No, this is no, Kendu. This is, this, him. Was Kendu. This, this is the husband. Kendu. Oh, yeah. Mary, Mary J. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, it was like, okay, well. Uh, I don't like beans. I mean, he, they disgust me, dog. And, I mean, got up through a fit like a kid. Wow. And, and she was sitting right there. Mortified. You could just see it on her face. She's just. Wow. And, you know, people that know me back then, I had a little temper, you know, as a chef, you know, no, dog, you're not going to, you know. So I was like, well, I can replate it without the red beans and rice. I can just give you rice, but I got a whole nother plate. You can have fresh plate and everything. Now I'm out. Oh. And I mean, so she sat there. And it, Did she, she eat it? Wow. She ate and she's like, it's really good. Anybody you know, else at the table? No, just those two. Oh, just those wow. two. Now, a couple of days later. He was his, taking that out on her yeah, or something. Was, he was something else. Else. Well, 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 you know the reason why they got divorced. She'll it, that was, look, one, that was yeah. the impetus you right there. Right. He didn't want to go someplace else. He had someone else to go see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't like the beans. Exactly. Right. That's just an excuse. It wasn't about the beans. No, because while we were on tour, you know, while we were there, it was like, yeah, you could see there was some things going down. You know, and of course, I called Frank the next day and was like, yeah, me and this dude going to talk. And he was like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he's a, yeah, that was a reason. But uh, yeah, let me just send you a list of do's and don'ts. Mm. Okay, well, that's good. But, you know, it was my first day. I had literally been in New Jersey probably four or five hours at that point, straight off a plane. You just got there. I mean, I had flown into Newark. They had a car waiting for me, a big, big limo, you know, not a limo, but it was a big SUV excursion. Right. You know, and the driver, the black, the tinted windows, the whole nine, you know, and we drive all the way to East Saddle River, New Jersey. We were driving north. And we go to Bergen County, and then next thing you know, I'm in this big, beautiful 13,000-square-foot home, you know, and I'm like, wow. And it's Mary J. Blige. And it's Mary J. Did you know before you got there? Oh, I knew it okay, was. Okay, you knew it was. The everything irony everything. of how that came about was she had had a commercial. There was a commercial on at the time for Visa, and it was a girl talking. I don't ever talk. I, I don't ever stop. I keep talking. And then Mary gets on the elevator, and the woman just... Mm-hmm. And she's looking at her, and then when she gets off, the elevator closes, and she goes, Yeah, girl, how you doing? <laughs> And so I saw the commercial, and I said, let me text Frank. And I texted him. I was like, yo, man, how's how's life with Mary? The next morning, he called me and was like, yo, man, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm in between jobs right now. Yo, I need you. And I'm like, what's up? And he was like, my mom just passed, and I'm working for Mary J., and uh, I don't want anyone from the outside in. You're, you're in the inside click. You're my dog. You need to ride this. All right. And initially, it was, you know, this, and then it turned into that. But it was literally that night he called me oh, and was wow. like, all right, man, Mary's uh, Mary's assistant's going to be calling you, man. She's going to get you a plane ticket. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm at a friend's house doing laundry because he had this supersized <laughs> washer. And he's right. like, dude, you can just throw it all in one load, man, and right. get it done at one time. And I'm like, great. And I'm literally packing my clothes at like 8 o'clock at night, feeling like it's going down, uh-huh. but I haven't been confirmed. And then all of a sudden I get a call from her assistant. She's like, you're on tomorrow's flight. This is what time it leaves. Here's your itinerary. And boom, you're gone. Wow. You were out of there. And I was gone wow. the next day, you wow. know, and, and it was cool, you know, but it, that was just one of the celebrities, mm-hmm. you know, she was a very beautiful woman. She is genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I did was I had a picture of my daughter that I would put on her her little cappuccino maker every day. Uh-huh. And she came in one day and was like, what is that? And I was like, I'm sorry, that's my daughter's picture. And she was like, you miss your daughter? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, she's so beautiful. And, you know, mm-hmm. she asked me about her. And, you know, so that was really cool. You know, she was a genuine person. She right. was very sweet. You know, there right. have been some that I've worked for that were a little... Who was? Who was? Who was? The queen. 
the divas. <laughs> I worked I worked for Kevin Durant a couple times. He was a good dude. Very mm-hmm. nice dude, actually. His uh-huh. mom got me fired before I really got hired. But uh-huh. you're paying him $600 a day to cook food that I, hey, hey, stay out my my wallet, Miss Durant. You know what I mean? But I'll tell mm-hmm. you, the, the probably the strangest dude I worked for was D'Angelo. Mm. Oh, I can I can imagine that. And and it's and I'm not to put his, the the man's business on the street, but the man was a genius. He's a musical genius. Yeah, and oh, I didn't know, we know we know that. And part. I mean, I remember the video when he was all yeah, buff, you know. Oh, that D'Angelo's long gone. I know. Yeah. You know, he now looks like me. You know what I mean? Yeah, D'Angelo loves to eat. Okay. And he loves Maker's Mark and got me hooked on Maker's Mark. It's a good one, but. But I didn't know his background, and one day I sat there and watched him rehearse because I could cook uh-huh. where he would rehearse. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little time, and I was watching him, and he was just messing around. But I watched him play songs on the piano from probably nine different people, and I was like, this dude just did Prince. Like, Prince. this is mm-hmm. the closest I've ever right. seen a dude. Then he did Stevie Wonder, and I was like... This dude, and so we were talking, and I was like, "Man, you know who you remind me of?" And he was like, "Who is that?" And I said, "You remind me of Sly Stone." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "What you know about?" It? I was like, "I want to thank you for letting me be myself, brother, because mm-hmm. Sly and the Family Stone was dope." Yeah, they were. Didn't know this. He grew up right next door to Sly Stone, and that's who oh, got wow. him in the music business. Wow. He was like, "That's funny you say that." He was my next door neighbor till I was fourteen. He taught me piano, wow. and I'm like, "Get out of here, Sly up, Sly." He out of like Oakland and Berkeley down my, off in his there? next door Your neighbor, neighbor. Mm. up next to Sly Stone. Wow. And I said, but dude, you are just Well, you know he was taught by mm, I mean he's an amazing individual yeah. on the stage. Okay, I'm gonna wow. share something with you. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sly Stone. Now those people out here, a lot of people know that I played with Natalie Cole. Right? See, I, knew I was her her bass player. Well, the drummer with Natalie Cole grew up with Sly Stone. They grew up together, and Larry Graham, Graham Central Graham Station, Station, and all right. that Prince, chocolate Prince bank, and all that. So, I got a chance to work with Sly. Was he really out there like this? At Paramount there? Studios up in Hollywood, because of the drummer upbringing was. It's kind of like somebody when we don't work with Charlie because Charlie, my homeboy, right? You mm-hmm. know, the same kind of. Uh, uh, a connection right there, and boy, that man was out there. But he was a genius. Yes, yes, he was. I mean, I, I, uh, the last story I heard was like six years ago. He was sleeping in a van out in front no, he, of somebody's house. He's in a mo- he lives in a motorhome. Yeah, okay. And he has a recording studio in the back of the motorhome. <laughs> but he, he has you to know? take a shower at this guy's right, house. Exactly. That he's parked. But he's out got a, He's of. got a driver. Right. And you know, he won a lawsuit, nine <laughs> million dollars. Mm, good for mm. him. Mm-hmm. He good won one. Him. You know, uh, song discretion and it was some stuff. Right. He didn't get the royalties and right. you know, and so he won a lawsuit, and got nine million. Man, yeah, mm. because wow. he he was a the, the few songs that he had, man, he made a statement, man. I mean, well, you know, when you look at somebody, Sly Stone and James Brown turned it over. Mm-hmm. They flipped it. You know, he was the first integrated band. You know, with all these different musicians and stuff, and, and women. He had women in his group yeah. who are musicians. Yep, they weren't just not background. just no background yep. singers. Yep. Rose and Cynthia and them played in trumpets and and keyboards, and they had women. White boy on drums, Larry Graham on bass. 
you know, so it was all integrated. And Natalie Cole, though, I mean, her dad was a legend. Yeah, that's uh how was that? I mean, how was that? <laughs> she said that was she's uh, she I mean well, King I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it like this. You know, I worked with her for several years and uh she discovered me at a club called a Troubadour in Hollywood. I remember I know the name the, of the it. The Troubadour and uh You going back with uh yeah. Ernie Fields. Oh yeah, Ernie Fields, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting, man. It was it was it was probably the highlight of my life. Working with her, I bet I can only you imagine. Know, and I, from the good and the bad, and the drugs and everything, I saw it. I was right there. I witnessed it. She took me around the world so many times. I couldn't even didn't even want to travel no more. <laughs> That's what we were. We had a point like, oh man, we got to go on the road. Well, you know, we want to stay at our houses. You well, know? you know what's so funny is there's mm-hmm. some that can ride on the backs of their family, mm-hmm. but she she. She didn't have she she didn't have she to. didn't have to because she was her own she, she was stood her own. on you know the thing the thing is when I went out there I wanted to be with Charlie and them and the Gap Band yeah. and the SOS Band well, you wanted to be with the Cameo I wanted to be a funk band I wanted to be in a funk band and all of a sudden I got chosen to be with her and do the okay I'm doing I learn I gotta learn how to play now <laughs> it kept it kept you out of a lot of trouble that's all I gotta learn how I gotta learn how to play and you know I gotta put on this tuxedo and this bow tie sometimes look like you got some sense look like now. I got, <laughs> and act like I got some sense right and and and, and really be, be this Lawrence Welk show for yeah the day. And be respected amongst the people who were coming to see her mm-hmm. yeah I mean because she had. Shock and them coming, exactly. and Bobby Womack and all them was coming to her shows. All of these iconic pe- white people too. Man, Mr. Spock, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy was backstage, and I'd be like, mm. you know, and you go over there, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Muhammad Ali coming oh, back. Man. Everybody, Ike Turner coming back there. You um, wouldn't have got that with the I'm gap band. About, you wouldn't yeah. have got that probably with the gap. Exactly. No, I wouldn't have got so, it with the gap. Now let me ask you, since, got yeah. in groupies. since we're in here talking about food, <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did Natalie Cole like to eat? I mean, you know what? I think Natalie just, she ate whatever was good. I'm just going to say, basically, what I can't remember a particular favorite food right. that she liked, but there was a couple of chefs for her. Right. And prepared meals at her home and stuff like that. And we come up to, hey, what well, girl, what you eating today? You know what I mean? Right. I'm doing some yeah, Well, me and Ted coming on up there. You know what I mean? And we just and go up there and grab something to eat and leave or whatever. You know. See, that's like Elton Brand. Yeah, was, yeah. Elton Brand was like that mm-hmm. when when he was a Clipper, when he played mm-hmm. for the Clippers. He, yeah. Anything. You yeah. know, he'd be like, Chef, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm from New York, but, uh, you know, whatever you want to cook is cool. So yeah. that was fun. You know, yeah, once I learned fun. Mary's do's and don'ts, that became fun, you know. You know, D'Angelo didn't have a, a, a strict diet, you know. <laughs> he was just like, whatever. He eat whatever you could. I, you know what? He Honestly, I'm going to tell you one thing that he likes, and I shouldn't do this. Well, he likes Dunkin' Donuts. Well, that, that, he was that's a huge, appropriate. He was that sounds like. I'm talking about, now. but he was, yeah, he was a sausage croissant breakfast sandwich and a couple of donuts, and I was like, and that's where the old D'Angelo went. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, Straight through the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, cause, and it's funny because I'm friends with his trainer, the dude. His name is oh, Mark Jenkins. Wow. Yeah. And Mark Jenkins, if you, this dude is a physical specimen, and I mean, Mark Jenkins is just trained 
Mary, that's uh-huh. how I met him. He was Mary's personal trainer, you know, and he's trained D'Angelo and he's trained uh, Timbaland and he's trained LL Cool J. And I mean, when you look at Mark Jenkins, you're like, oh right. my God, right. this dude right here. Right. And then you, you're like, well, what do you want to eat, man? Because he would come into Mary's and be like, you cooking breakfast? You still mm-hmm. got breakfast? And I'm like, yeah. Well, man, let me get like eight egg whites and then throw a whole egg in that. And then all the vegetables you got. And it was just like, my God, I'd get done cooking and it was this this egg dish would be enormous, you know, and it's like <laughs> he would eat that and he would eat it and then Jeez. he'd be like, Yeah, this will hold me over till about three. And mm-hmm. he's like, Yeah, I got four clients until then, you know. And I mean and this dude jumps rope. He's got a video on so YouTube. He, he yeah, needed some, that. some That's chefs the protein are, and I guess some chefs are very uh health conscious and they just really build themselves up, right? Mm-hmm. Not me. Well, I'm just saying, I'm you have to be able to. You got to be able to have that. whatever your, yeah. your client wants. Exactly, you do, yeah. and that's why you know the diet. Laquan, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You, you, so how do you maintain your diet being around all the food? I mean, you I work with, with dietitians. Yeah, you work yeah. with your nutri- you, you have a nutritional background and all of that, right? Well, I get it from them. You get it, okay? Yeah, okay, I got you. I mean, but, um, so with them and myself, we brainstorm and then we come up with our patients' menu. Okay. I want to ask Laquan, how do you keep your weight down, man, being Eat around so much okay. food and so, metabolism? What do you do, good man? Good metabolism. Is, that, is, metabolism. Is, is it metabolism? That don't mean that my family does either. You know what I mean? So, like, my wife or whatever, I I do meal prep. I, I do a lot of meal preps, a lot of meal planning. That way I could control what, you know, the diet, especially during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people's coming outside. So it's kind of scary how it. fast it is. You could you're just like one cheesecake away from being yeah. obese. <laughs> like it's so crazy. Oh, yeah, it's it's like, like me, everybody huh? went nocturnal. Kids like up all yeah. night. So I started doing stuff where like I you know trick my you know kind of make it where it was easy for everyone to trick themselves into counting calories, mm-hmm. being healthy. So Sundays like a day like today. Sunday, Monday, I usually just like do like a big batch of spaghetti and meatballs, make my kids do it with me. That's three meals till tomorrow. We make granola, you know, have the kids involved. That's three breakfasts, you know. And then, of course, you cook off a bunch of bacon, cut up some tomatoes. We got BLTs for like three days straight and, you know, a couple containers. And you basically know how much you spent for to eat for three days, and it also helps you save uh, and household groceries. Right. So it encourages you to like you know minimal waste because you get excited wow. when you realize like whoa, I just fed my whole family three days straight with only fifty three dollars. Let me see what I could do next week. You know, mm-hmm. like and you realize how clean your fridge stays. You know, like your food stays fresher longer because everybody knows what's in the fridge. Like no one is going standing around. Everybody got to be on. They got to be on the same team, though, don't they? Yes, they have to in order for this to work. You can't just like um, half half the family. Yeah, I can't go go in the house and then all of a sudden everything is in box containers and stuff. And I'm like, guess what? There's no honey buns. You know, like you're not. That's how you get divorced. You know, <laughs> like, I just kick in the door. Guess what? No more oatmeal cream pies and little Debbie's out. You know, like we can't, I ain't doing that. But what I could do is just like get everyone together, be like, hey, you like granola? Man, I bet you I could make the best granola right here. You know, do all of that. You know, they see it's it's psychology. Yeah. And uh-huh. then when they see it, they're like, 
hey, man, like, you know, you get the yogurt and stuff, and then you cut some fruit. They're like, hey, Perfect. now you're kidding. Now I'm like, hey, you need to go to bed. That way you could get up early and eat your breakfast. <laughs> you know, I got rid of my kids at 9 p.m., you know. Wow. It's, like, it's like you're just planning it out. Wow. So that's kind of how I – that's all, like, it's just planning, you know. Like, I get a chicken, I roast it. I try to, you know, like, I got potatoes, I got vegetables. I make a meal around that. And I just get it in a fridge, and if everyone is seeing it and stuff, they already kind of like, you know, know that you know that's that my meal. Gonna eat, huh? Like my wife naturally is gonna be like, "Oh well, this was supposed to fool me." I mean, not just like start eating beyond my means, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like it just tricks you into like, because you already agreed that you eat this, you're gonna stick to it, and then you put a goal in mind, you know. Like, you don't want to tell your wife, hey, you want to lose weight, or you don't want to tell your kid, hey, you're obese. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but at the same time, like, you, if you, like, kind of put it in their head, like, this is your meal. If you're full, you can have a little, if you're not full, you can have a little snack. But, like, just be active and just be, you know, control of your own diet. When everybody feels like you got control, do it's, you, like, more successful. Do you do all the shopping in your household? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. You do all the grocery shopping. I do. Yeah, I take care of most of the grocery shopping, but I also like have us to do it all like a family. Mm-hmm. So I try to. You guys take, go together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard. What do, What do you do? Do you do most of the grocery shopping? You know, actually, I don't cook at home. You don't cook at home. <laughs> no, because I'm doing that five days a week. Uh, oh, so you don't eat food with the stove, huh? So what I you do, do is stop and go get something to eat or no, something. No, I'm gonna bring something from the job. Oh, right. from the job is yeah. bring something. Like that's with a benefit. Yeah. That's a perk. Yeah. yeah. What you should do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What he was describing, what you were describing, what is the technical term for that? Because when I try to explain that <laughs> to um, people, yeah, not meal prep, but meal planning. Meal planning, and because I'm thinking about in back in the day in school, I used to teach us how to prepare meals mm-hmm. or meals and your budget and all of that. And I, when I say that, people are no, kind of like. It's called insanity, man. Like, no, but some, it, we used to do that in our home ec class at uh, Carver. Oh, yeah. So, but oh, yeah. It, it's just like Uh-oh. we don't do that anymore. We don't well, see that. Well, there's a yeah. lot of that. You know, a lot of people nowadays just don't. They, it, 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 it's 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 sad, but when you have McDonald's dollar menus, you see a lot of families, man. It's cheaper for them to mm-hmm. eat, right? And and, more and, and, and it's yeah. and it goes back to like Monsanto. Then we start right. talking about USDA, you know, oh my and all god, of those. man! And it's all they're all in cahoots, right? And mm-hmm. that's what right. you know. And that's you know one thing with 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 us, you know, as chefs, we that's what we need to do is push mm-hmm. more. You you need more chefs to push more community gardens and mm-hmm. more home gardening. Okay, and more really meal do. planning and and meal planning. Because that's the that part. The no, meal planning. No, because it starts from within. You know, okay. like I mean, that's why I could advocate for it. Because you see, I practice it at home. I right. have to do, and it's not easy. It takes discipline. You, it does. Like but you can't. Someone that doesn't know, just say someone that does not know how to do a meal plan. How could they begin? You know, just to give them an idea. Well, yeah, you know, you like start, $20. Remember you start with what you like, yeah, and then we got to build around what's the most expensive, you know? What are you – your proteins are your most expensive mm-hmm. in most cases. Right. So, you know, if you're going to spend – you know, I was somewhere the other day. I can't remember what grocery store I was, but, I mean, they, Sprouts or somewhere, 
But I mean, a whole organic free range chicken is sixteen dollars. Sixteen dollars for a chicken. chicken. And it's raw. It's not even cooked. So now you you know you want the. I'm gonna go to Popeyes. Well, now you see people going special. What's so special about that chicken? You're getting free range. You're getting no hormones. You're getting free range. You're getting all of these things. You're trusting. (laughs) You're trusting in that. Right. Right. Trusting in that. Right. Again, you got to trust in that. You got to trust in that. But then the, the the next thing is, is now you're looking at sixteen dollars for a chicken. That's out. So nice. now we're gonna bake the chicken today, and we're gonna do what are we gonna do with the leftovers? You know what I mean? Well, let's right. throw some in with some noodles. We can right. have some fettuccine with a little chicken and exactly. some alfredo, mm-hmm. or we can make soup with it, or mm-hmm. we can make chicken salad sandwiches, mm-hmm. or we can make a chicken pot pie. Right. You know there. You know, that's that. My mom, being an old pastry chef, my mom's saying, "Well, you got to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear." Right. You know, and that's the old. Yeah, chef. yeah, but I like like a lot of people don't know how to do that. That's uh, the thing. It might be something that we need to start right. a podcast well, for and yeah. get going. Yeah, on. yeah you do. Yeah. Might oh, yeah. start starting right yeah. now. Exactly. Well, I'll be yeah. honest. I already on that. <laughs> right. You already on it? Right. Yeah, I've been on it. Y'all look me up on Instagram. So, me see, on there you go. So, Come yeah, because I mean, a lot of because most of my videos are on TikTok. Right. So on TikTok, like just because it's a younger crowd. You know, and it's like, it's a mix between younger and older, and it's 30 seconds videos. Mm-hmm. I, now, I, yeah. I got a big question for all of y'all. Mm-hmm. Are young people cooking? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ramadan. My daughter. No. My, no, my daughter. My son. Are, my daughter. Are the, majority, the majority of young people cooking? No. Yes. Huh? But he says no. Yes, because your no. child is huh? cooking, but are their friends cooking? Are they yeah, no. I've got friends who I've got friends okay. that are actively cooking, think, and now you think, because uh, of young that, people, they become, they're becoming I, more. I, you think they're more? Yeah. They're cooking more? No. Yeah. No, I, I can't agree with. Uh, I think that chef? they're just stopping. I mean, it. are they, are they your chef friends kids? Fast food. Fast food. No, they're doing I, a lot. They're doing a lot of fast food, aren't they? No, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and whatnot that like probably would die if the uh, microwave gets stolen. You know, I'm just being honest. <laughs> like my kids, like they they cook because they think it's fun. They don't think it's work and stuff. So, well, that's your kid. Yeah, that's but my I was kids. talking my about kids are weird. outside of your outside of your family, <laughs> no. young people. You know, their twenties and thirties and stuff. Oh, everything is. They are cooking because the majority of these kids nowadays they don't want to be obese. Well, well, they are obese. There's a lot well, of people. Of it is. Right. It is a big, strong in the African American community. I, Obesity is big numbers. But I will huh? say that there are. I will say in 2020 there are more people cooking. Because now, of, of the pandemic. Well, the pandemic. well, because of the pandemic, but you've also had shows that have talked about Monsanto yeah. and how bad it is to go and eat at McDonald's mm-hmm. and all of this. You know, when you, with, my mom had, my mom had dementia mm-hmm. and I can honestly start looking at my brother who is 60 years old and I can look at his diet and I'm seeing because of his diet, how deteriorated his mind has gone, mm-hmm. his health. My brother can be, he's 60 years old. He wow. can barely walk. Wow. You know, and he has seizures almost daily. And mm. when I help take him to the grocery store, it, it, it is, I'm beating a dead horse. And it's like, Mark, look at what you're eating, man. Look at all these TV dinners. Wow. Look at all of this pre-made, easy. all of these deli meals. He's looking for quick. 
quick fixes. My brother, he goes to the grocery store. My brother will buy four gallons of milk, and I'm like, that milk is killing Mm -hmm. you, man. The last thing you need to be doing is drinking cow cow milk. Come on, man. It's you know, but my brother is, well, you know, I don't like cooking, and you know, so he gets TV dinners, pot pies, four boxes of cereal. You know, I'm I'm like, my God, man. It's sad. You know, the last good meal my brother had cooked was me making Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you know, wow. and I didn't even cook a traditional. Wow. I'm not a big roast turkey guy, but I took him a Cornish game hen. I took him a, the chocolate bourbon pecan pie that you guys have. You Ooh. know, I took him a lot of stuff, and you know, he ate on that for three days, and I felt good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I felt good because yeah. I'm like, you know, I take him to the grocery store, and as soon as we get done, you want to go somewhere and eat? Where do you want to go, Mark? We can go to KFC. Mm-hmm. No, we can go to Arby's. No. And see, that's another niche for you guys. You know, when they have the um. Meal preps for seniors. We are going to do that. Yeah, we are going to do that. Because sometimes our food is different. See, the reason yeah. I was strong, like disagreeing with you guys, even though we all was on the same page mm-hmm. about the younger people not cooking, is because we live in a microwave culture. We like nowadays we're in a culture that like people can't even um, focus their attention span to last past thirty seconds. You know what I'm saying? So imagine doing that. Like I watch uh, a kid get frustrated because ramen noodles take four minutes to cook. Mm-hmm. You know, like just like simple. And sometimes that's a main course, right? Yes. It's like microwave culture, man. Like everything is just they make Wait. everything way more and easier, way more quicker, way more faster. So like in TikTok, I literally start breaking down how to make these things, you know, come together. Seconds. Yeah. And be able to make it look possible. Because now, since we're in a microwave culture, every single thing we could possibly put out looks highly intimidated. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. like a five-ingredient salad, and people are intimidated because the salad is in a plate. You know? It's in a plate. Like, they think that, oh, we got to chop this, we got to do that. So that's why it's like a, um, a, you know, kind of a demand of a group like this. Right. As chefs, we need to go out here and, and, and educate, educate right. classes, right. different things right. and stuff like and, that. And, that's, and create an importance yeah, and right. give awareness. Because exactly. exactly. nobody will know that you should be aware that like growing your own food might be, you know, mentally stimulating and like is more. Well, it's been shown to help mental health. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, like nobody know that. Yeah. Like nobody know that it's good for kids. Like if you don't put it out there to say yeah. like, you know, you won't know these things. Just like cooking your own food, people won't know that you actually can have more joy cooking as a family than watching, you know, TV and stuff That's like right. that. Right, right, right. Because, like, right. Like, right. like, nowadays, I, I know too many people. I know more people that don't even have a dining room table. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. Like, everybody, oh, people everybody eating, see, in, eating their rooms and stuff. Huh? I see more people enjoy more meals I'm in the front of, seat of their car. Eating your room? I don't know. No, but I don't have a dining room table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't. I understand that, but, like, I, I see dining I room tables being <laughs> wow. used. To, for backpacks and yeah, coats, yeah. and they eat, they all enjoy dinner right in front of the TV. You know, right, right. that was something See, I used bad. to do with my son: make sure that we would sit at the table together and eat our. Well, that's old school. That's what we used to do. And then my kids doing that. I mean, we used to do it back in the day. That's where they used to go down. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Going. It's yeah. it's slowly getting that way. Yeah, well, maybe we can get back to it. We got to nudge them. We got to nudge them that direction. Right, right. Well, look here. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy shift schedules and coming out here to the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way. Hey, Kelly. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Just 
Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thank Ms. you. Miss Latouche, keep doing what you're doing. Laquan, you. keep doing what y'all doing. And spread that word and that information about cooking and pre- and what you call it, meal preparation, meal prep, yes, meal prep mm-hmm. and things like that. Continue on to do that. Man, I, I'm looking forward to what you got going on. You know, it's going to be awesome. Thank you. you know? Thank you. Yeah. Hey. We'll be able to keep up with you guys when you're cooking at Lefty's or what day. Yeah, wherever you're cooking. Your life. We want to just let us know. Absolutely. Oh, you we'll know, let's come talk to us so we can let people know, Anytime, you know, sir. what's going on with that. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you've been on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And boy, hey, Sherry, it's been pretty good, huh? It was great. We've great. been missing um, yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, well <laughs> no, no, yeah. I, I've been here. <laughs> okay. So keep in mind that we're here every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, we're here on Saturdays from 12 to 2. Let me see what I got coming up. Francine Johnson will be here. She's running for District 2 Educational Service Center. She's running for those positions over there. Hey, we got a lot of shows going on. And keep in mind, Mika in the morning. She's here. And uh, tomorrow night is Two Dogs Radio Sports Talk. They come in here. Wednesday, hey, World One Development with Charles and Damali. Uh, let me see. I'm going to go on down the list. And uh, Thursday, Real Life, Real Talk. Prima Donna Braddock and Jennifer Brown. Juice Radio Show Thursday night, 6 p.m. Uh, and also Ramal, the hometown heat. He got Ramal got a show that comes on at four o'clock, a veteran show, you know, that he's doing right now on Thursdays. It's a good show too, you know, so juice radio show right after Ramal. And on Fridays we got, what we got on Friday. Oh, health of a nation with Bob Caddy, Rob, you know, he's rolling some things down, you know, and then we got Coupling with the Carlins, which is a relationship show on there. Saturdays, uh, my show, Dale Taylor, Mr. Groove. You know, on Saturdays, we bust that music. And DJ uh, Richie Rich is uh, that evening. And uh, the last day of the week, uh, which is Bishop Cooper in the morning on Sundays, gospel up until 2 o'clock. Then D-Mac comes in and plays jazz all day long. Boy, and his show is really growing. And then we have, after his show, we have the His and Her Show with Pastor Tim and Nicole Newton, Dream Center. They come in here. And then after that, we got the Night Shift with Negro Spiritual. So if you can't remember all of that kind of stuff, just go to our website, kbob899.com. Again, that's kbob 899.com you know and that's what you that's what you do you know so we want you guys to participate and we are taking donations oh don't let me leave that out taking donations here at 1533 north norfolk for the juice radio show we got a we got a donation bucket we got cash out we got paypal we got all kind of stuff to help keep this radio station rolling you know because we got to pay the bills the bills keep on coming and so we keep on coming. All right. Uh, until the next time, I want you to have a good one. And, you know, stay stay alive. It's all good in the neighborhood.